Yes, hello, I am James Rowland, and today it's the WNR 340. It's WNR's Mystery WrestleMania, and I have the pleasure to be joined by, well, it's only Danny. OG is back. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yes, I believe it was our Christmas show I last appeared on your amazing hit podcast. Wow, last time you came down my chimney, Dan, and now you're coming at me today. Uh, I should say, first and foremost, for everybody listening, we have strict COVID regulations on set. We have both been tested. And the area has been cleansed for ready for recording purposes. Now that is out of the way. Dan, how are you doing? COVID test. I thought you meant <laughs> STI test. I had a fucking thing shut down my jabs for nothing. Man, I could have got my tonsils and nostrils scraped you instead. Did. Well, the other annoying thing as well is that we first did it is when it was the, I thought it was the anal test was, you know, like you said, in first there and then your mouth. Yeah. And then I got told, perhaps the wrong way, but... Like I said, all joking aside, we are tested and 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 you are we are negative. You posi- am, are you yes. positive about? I am, that? <laughs> I am positive that I'm negative of STIs and Corona. Corona, hey, Corona. Uh, it has been difficult. Like I said, Dan, we've hardly seen each other. So, what have you been up to in this kind of a lockdown law? Um, well, I have been uh, working, obviously safely, of course, helping a friend, a fellow friend of ours. Start his business, so it's uh, it's been busy. And uh, if you knew the friend in question, you'd know how hard I have to work. Um, so, what have you have you been catching up with the wrestling and uh, what goes on around things? You know, around the uh, wrestle sphere. The wrestle sphere, and you're back now because we we have not missed an episode. This is my favourite episode that we do every single year, and part of the reason is is I don't have to write no script, don't have to prepare whatsoever, because it's down to you. So, Dan, now is your time to explain what Mystery Mania is for anybody that might not have guessed it, and well, to show your well opinion. for Mystery Mania, it is the one time that James actually gives me some fucking control in. He even tells me what to say of my own words. You wouldn't believe that I've got a script here reading this off as I'm saying it. Hang on, let me just scroll I up. cannot confirm <laughs> or deny that he has. But everything he tells me, I have to say. But now I do get my choice of what to watch for once every year. And I wouldn't miss that podcast. So uh, without further to do. Oh, sorry, I, you, you mistyped that. I do. It is my choice, and it reigns over to me. I actually get the control in my hand as well. It is, you have it in your hand. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's really long, and it's, it's really thick, and it, it's, it smells of, um, I don't know. You've told me to shut my eyes and open my mouth. Okay, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's what I have to do. Close your eyes and open your mouth, yes. and I will give you a big surprise. Where so so basically, Dan is now choosing a mania... From hidden from me, we'll start oh, it, am, yes. and then this is kind of like I have to, off the top of my head, so to speak, try and remember if I've ever seen it, or maybe any stories. Of course, Dan will the goal us of why he's picked it out, and all these little special moments as well. And probably being the W Network, probably have an ad break, a uh, little ad. So we're going to do this watch along style. So I've got my eyes closed at this moment in time. Uh, and then when we're ready, we'll say play. And everybody listening at home uh, can press play and watch the event at the same time. That's the whole point of a watch along. So, Dan, whenever you're ready, we'll start. Okay, so three, two, one, play. We should really tell them what WrestleMania we're watching first to play it. <laughs> I just realised. That would be a great <laughs> idea, yeah, because it would be silly... Right, okay. He will not know. (laughs) 
Wow. It's been a it's been a while since we've done this. Alright, so Dan, you let him know what WrestleMania is, because I still don't know. I've still got my eyes closed. Okay, James, with your <laughs> eyes closed. Hang on, can we pause this for a second? Ah, and we're back. Yes, the wrestle I have chosen is WrestleMania 23. Oh, WrestleMania 23. Oh, April 1st, 2007. So everybody now, get your network up and running. We're on this event right now. And we'll press play, the same as you do. So let's press play now. So here we go. Why have you picked, Dan, WrestleMania 23 is your mystery mania? Well, WrestleMania 23, I got this on DVD before the network come out. And, uh, you know, I kind of, I didn't really spend a lot of time in watching telly and DVDs and that. But, so I didn't have a huge collection. I'd borrow some off James from time to time and not return them, which he <laughs> likes to remind me. Um, but, you know, this was one of a few DVDs I have and... As you may or may not know, I like to watch wrestling to fall asleep to. It's kind of got a soothing, you know, the, the voices in the background and, you know, something I can easily fall asleep to, something I can repeat and not get bored of. But WrestleMania 23 was kind of like a DVD that I had. It's It kind of comes in three discs. You've got like part one, which is all the matches up until the last match, basically. And then the next disc is you have to load for the main event. And then the Hall of Fame ceremony is on a separate disc. But... Yeah, it's it's a DVD that I watched and watched and watched so many times. It's kind of epic event as well, as we've seen. This is the intro video to what is a WrestleMania. And, of course, this is going back now. We're in, uh, I think, Detroit, Michigan, the same place as WrestleMania 3 was. So we're going back, you know, 20 years, all grown up. That's kind of interesting. And it's quite good because we've been on this journey. We watched WrestleMania 3, you know, uh, on the podcast. And now WrestleMania 23. And as we see Vincent Mann here, I mean, WrestleMania 3 was, a, was if you're doing a top five WrestleManias, where would that rank in, in your, you know, would it be in your top I think, five? I think it'd, it'd probably be there or thereabouts. I, I, I have no idea what my top five WrestleManias would be off the top of my head. Well, we've got like three hours and 40 minutes, so if you ever need to work it out, I mean, because <laughs> 20 years, aren't we, from um, uh, where WrestleMania 17 was, and I might say that was, WrestleMania 3 would definitely be up there. Um, but I think WrestleMania's in the, in the 20s kind of get forgotten about a little bit as well because of kind of, you know, if you look at the events, WrestleMania 20, Madison Square Garden 21, all kind of delivered really well. Um, have WrestleMania's been as good recently as they were, you know, because we are going now 13 years know. ago. I, I think it kind of peaked in the teens. It's fizzled out a bit more in the 20s and it's kind of... You know, obviously, aside from a few brilliant matches, but I think you could kind of put all the good moments down into probably two WrestleManias of all the 20s. Uh, the 30s, again, you know, there's been a few good matches, but I think they're even more far and fewer between, few and far, farther between than the 20s. So hopefully, by WrestleMania 40, they pull their finger <laughs> out and we're not getting like a whole lot of matches that you wouldn't be able to fit one pay-per-view to. But I find it incredible, and it might just be my my age. I thought WrestleMania 23 was quite a big number. And like you talk about, we're talking about WrestleMania kind of, what, 37, 38, 39 coming up. And it is it's kind of a little bit freaky, you know? So, okay, off the top of your head, you've got no notes, you've got no nothing. Your tablets are folded up, away, down. There's no laptop in front of you apart from the one recording. What matches? Uh, well, as we see Aretha Franklin appear, like I said, 30 years after the actual event, we talk about matches... 
Batista versus the Undertaker for the World Heavyweight Championship at this event is probably one of my favourite WrestleMania matches of all time. And also, uh, the main event, of course, let's not forget, John Cena versus Shawn Michaels for the WWE Championship. Triple H had an injury. He, of course, faced John Cena at WrestleMania 22. Um, Shawn Michaels faced Vincent Mann at that event. This is when, at this point in time, I was bang on this. You know what I mean? WrestleMania season came around. And I even remember on Radio 2, they were talking about the kind of Donald Trump involvement that was coming on as well, the Battle of Billionaires. And I was going, oh, they're talking about wrestling on BBC. It's crazy. Well, did you know that initially Donald Trump wanted Hulk Hogan to be his kind of representative to go against like the likes of Big Show? But I think the Big Show was out injured at this moment in time. So he was going to go against the great Carly and kind of have like this, you know, Hogan, Carly against the giant kind of WrestleMania throwback kind of thing. Well, that would have been quite cool, wouldn't it? I mean, would you be interested in that kind of idea? Because, you know, let's not forget, uh, I think there's a moment later on where maybe great Carly or something like getting slammed because we had Andre getting slammed WrestleMania 3. That moment of Hogan slamming that 20 years on, would that have been the kind of moment? I mean, don't get me wrong, the match that we had was great. but Yeah, but... Do, do you kind of think the calibre of the match is like we've... Uh, it's it's not a hidden secret that Hogan wasn't a good worker. The great Carly was probably even worse. <laughs> if you can actually manage that to be worse than Hulk Hogan. I mean, at least Hogan had like, what, six moves? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that is just true. But, you know, like I say, they are both going to Hall, Hall of Fame as well. So that would be interesting to kind of see what happens. And interesting enough, that's next time Dan is back on the podcast as well. But that's a great rendition of of Ruth Franklin. We talk about that match, though. What's interesting about the Battle of Billionaires? We thought that was Bobby Lashley's kind of biggest match of his career. And then 13 years later, he is WWE champion now, going to be possibly main event in the first night of WrestleMania versus um, Drew McIntyre. You know, it's kind of incredible. Do you think the roster at this time was as strong as it has been? I mean, compared to now? I think, you know, the roster, it must be strong now. It was like, you know, you just referenced Lashley. Like, Edge just flashed up on the screen. He's going for the WWE. He's just won the fucking Royal Rumble, James. (laughs) You know, you've got John Cena. You've got Batista inducting. You've got Shawn Michaels. You've got The Undertaker. You've got a lot of ECW originals going against the ECW new breed. I mean, the new breed is shit, but like, you know, the ECW originals. You've got a Money in the Bank ladder match starring a fucking young CM Punk. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the Money in the Bank match. That's and Orton's in the match as well. Orton. You know, I mean, like, it's... it's <laughs> there's a... This is a stacked fucking roster. It is It is a stacked... You know, people at like Jeff Hardy, MVP, as we've seen in the, the videos as well. Finley. You know, it's kind of like the talent... Did we know how good this talent was at the time, or were we... Is it a problem that we're always harping back to the Attitude Era? Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, uh, during this time, like, you know, we was going, oh, the Attitude, you know, Austin, Rock, you know, them headlining it. You've got the likes of Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, which are a bit of a beacon, but, you know, you're kind of missing a few names that you'd like to have there. But then, like, you know, obviously you get into the 30s and you're like, oh, I'd love to have John Cena at WrestleMania. I think it'd make a fucking difference. You know, have the likes of... Uh, a, a lot of these rosters, you know, the wrestlers that have flashed up, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. I'd love to have a lot of them. Like I said, it, the, 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 the talent, but it's the Hall of Fame talent. And like you said, these are the guys who are, you know, going to be first ballot Hall of Famers that involved. It is crazy to see the ECW brand uh, up there as well as we do like, the WrestleMania introduction. What were your thoughts that we talked about the ECW? Were you... Uh, the originals and all that lot. Were you digging the storyline, or was it kind of a case of 
flogging, you know, dead horse, so to speak? Um, I think it was kind of... It was a bit of both, actually. It was flogging a dead horse, but I did actually enjoy the storyline. I just don't think the execution of the storyline was as good as it could have been. I mean, like, you know, where are these guys? Can, do you even know who the new breed were? I think Marcus Corvon was one Marcus of them. Marcus Corvon, Elijah Burke, Burke. and um, Kevin Fawn. Oh, God, he was... Um, he was the... a, like a vampire fucking sort yeah, of thing. When was... Vampires were starting to get played in again because of that bloody Twilight bastard shit. <laughs> I suppose so. But, I mean, look at the fireworks. There's a couple of things that surprised me here. First off, the fireworks display is, is beautiful. Seeing fans in attendance is really kind of freaking me out trying to get used to it. Uh, and then, of course, the commentators dressed at the best, Jeremy the King Lawyer and the JR. Uh, at least, first off, what are your thoughts on both of them as commentators? And do you think at the time they were the best, or was it maybe JBL, Michael Cole, who represented SmackDown? Um, I, I don't know. Like, the the King and uh, JR, I think they've kind of got, like, an old-school take, you know. Like, they, they're always referencing older wrestlers, whereas JBL and Michael Cole are kind of referencing wrestlers more newer days you know in their kind of quotes you know it's and so you've also got the uh a uh the ecw representative of taz and uh what's his name joey styles, joey styles who infamously knocked out jbl on the backstage uh apparently jbl was kind of bullying joey styles a lot and then backstage uh, joey went up to it basically knocked him out and uh, a lot of people uh, kind of was like, oh, we respect you after. It's weird as well. Taz in AEW, uh, JR in AEW now as well. You know, kind of a lot of talent turnover. And I'd like to do, if anyone is uh, doing the listen along, I'd like to point out the bald-headed fellow in the <laughs> pink top and his partner, friend, whoever it is, I don't know, in the uh, fluorescent green top. I guarantee you now, once I've pointed them out to you, <laughs> you, you will never, ever not be able to look at them. And that is my life. That is what my life is. Well, you just look at if them I in the crowd. If I ever see them in the crowd or green t-shirt guy, my focus goes to them. And I don't know what's in the match. I could tell you exactly what that bloke mouthed, but I couldn't tell you what happened in the match. That's brilliant. Um, we're going to start off with the Money in the Bank ladder match. And coming up uh, out first, Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy's a weird dude. I mean, now he's kind of being... Um, jobbed out on Raw at this moment in time. But do you think Jeff, where where's he stand in the kind of list of, of superstars of all time kind of thing, you know? Um, I think he stands up there, you know. He's, uh, it's always, oh, yeah, remember Jeff Hardy diving off a ladder. Remember Jeff Hardy doing this extreme thing. Remember Jeff Hardy. It's not remember Jeff Hardy winning the WWE Championship finally. It's not Hardy in his tag team title runs. That's true, yeah. It's not, you know, it is always, you kind of, you know, Jeff Hardy, yeah, he's that fucking crazy dude that jumps off a ladder. <laughs> and I suppose, because this is the thing, isn't it? And, you know, you think about the accomplishments that he had, uh, yet kind of being treated as kind of also ran, and now we're seeing King Booker coming out. I loved King Booker. Well, you, you weren't a fan of this, were you? I, I wasn't a fan of King Booker <laughs> and Queen Charmel. I thought really dug it. I thought it was, it was kind of clever in the way it was. I know you were a fan of this man. This man... My name is Finley, <laughs> and I love to fight. Yeah. Bringing yeah. his the uh, trusted shillelagh with him. Is, yes. That's not a nice thing to call Hornswoggle. <laughs> no, he is doesn't. that a, is that a, a rude? Is Hornswoggle Hornswoggle's in this match? Yeah, so he's going to show up, isn't he? Like uh, it'll be good to see. Finley's a great talent, there's no doubt about that. But you can see the entrance way so long they're not even getting to the ring before they start playing the music. Oh. So, 
Here comes the man. CM Punk, is it into his into the fire theme? I think it's his early one. But yeah, it is CM Punk. He's I think he's representing ECW at this moment in time. Wow, it's incredible to think that CM Punk would go on from this point in time. I mean, if you were to look at him and compare to any other wrestlers, I mean, what would you think? Of, what were your thoughts on CM Punk just at this time? You know, um, well, you know, as, as I say, I've watched this DVD so many times. <laughs> CM Punk, it's like, who the fuck is this dude? <laughs> but like, you know, if I knew then what I know now, I'd be like, fucking hell, that's CM Punk. What's this fucker go? I tell you what, though, we see this man, Kennedy. I was high as a kite on Kennedy. He just had the look of the film. I mean, look at this, the microphone coming out for him as well as he's doing his entrance. Mr. And he's ready for WrestleMania as well. Kennedy! I think quite don't, James, don't speak yet. Kennedy! <laughs> I mean, look at him here. He, he's got the look, obviously. We know he's great on the mic. Um, maybe a lot of things happened to Mr. Kennedy, either injuries or rubbing people up the wrong way. You know, um, is it a shame Kennedy never had future success? I mean, what were your thoughts? Because I was pretty high on him at the time. Mr. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really rate him. I think he was kind of like uh, this generation's Bob Holly. <laughs> oh well, you know, like the blonde hair, <laughs> kind of, you know, talks but don't say too much. Um. Wasn't a bad wrestler though. I think you know he, he came quite came close quite a few times, but just didn't quite reach that next step. Well, I think the breaking point was literally when he suplexed Vandy Orton in a match, injured his shoulder, and Orton went backstage and moaned about him. And Cena wasn't a fan, and you know got fired from there. Uh, is it fair? Well, you know, sometimes the such is life. But how many people are in this money in the bank? Now they just keep loads. coming. This is one of the early ones, isn't it? So it's but, like they're kind of just. Right, you ain't got a WrestleMania match. Go on, you go in it. Randy, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, go on, you go out and all. Well, we've seen Jeff, I've just seen Matt Hardy coming out, and now it's Dan's favourite. What were your, um, I mean, you always loved Randy Orton. What were your thoughts at the time? Um, Just two thoughts, James. Tight, ripped. (laughs) Look at him, though. He is tight and ripped, there's no doubt about it. There is some talent in this matchup. Excluding Orton, who would you say is your favourite out of all of them at the moment? At the moment? Um, can I wait I until other people come out? I don't know how many people. Well, they've got another five people coming out. <laughs> like. Well, let's wait till the end. Well, let's not wait till the end. Yeah, Edge. <laughs> um, Honest day. You know, I also kind of had the uh, 2006 Rumble on DVD as well. So that was one that I watched quite a lot. Uh, Edge, John Cena, bloody good match on there. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Edge at this point is uh, coming up a little bit unlucky that he's in the uh, Money in the Bank ladder match because he has been feuding for the title with, with John Cena throughout the time. Of course, they um, you know, had a fantastic feud over a couple of years and now the association with... It's his rated RKO time, isn't it, you know? Uh, I, th- I think it's about then. I think there's a bit of, uh, you know... Or dissension in the ranks. Uh, uh, that, yeah. Um, I think at this point in time, Edge is 4-0 and at WrestleManias. Ooh. Now, you think... If he was to go on and win this match, he'd be 5-0. and uh, No, sorry, he's 5-0. and This would be 6-0 and if he won this. If he goes to face The Undertaker next year, which he does. I mean, that would be incredible. Streak for streak. Versus streak. Maybe, do you think they should have done more with Wouldn't that? Wouldn't that have made it? Like, you know, because I think 
spoiler alert, Kennedy wins his match. But four <laughs> months later, Edge wins the briefcase. Well, the problem is with this, and this is the, the thing about it, Kennedy... Uh, like I said, won the briefcase and then had an injury to his, uh, I think either his shoulder or something like that. The doctor he went to said, no, you're going to be out for four or five months. And so he, he relinquished the title. The next doctor he saw, no, you're only going to be out for like two or three, you know, three or four weeks. So he could have kept the championship. No, the, the briefcase. Uh, the briefcase, sorry, which led to cashing in on the Undertaker for the title. And then, like I said, from that, Kennedy just kind of never, he always got to that position. It looked like, I mean, at this point, he's going to break through and then it kind of fell away, you know. Well, Finlay has just gone off the top <laughs> to all the, uh, the other guys in the match wrestling on the outside on the mat and that. And uh, they've just gone scattering like Skittles. Meanwhile, Edge has snuck in with a ladder, sent up really quickly and hastily climbing, but gets caught by Matt Hardy, who these two have had heated rivalries as well. Well, like I say, but it's weird as well. Like The Hardy boys are in this matchup with Edge at WrestleMania in a ladder match. You kind of care about it a little bit, you know? Well, while them two are distracted fighting, Orton and Finley both climb the ladder at the same time. Now, they're slugging it out of the top. I think the ladder's starting to wobble. Oh, both men managed to jump off it in time. You don't see you don't see Orton taking that many major bumps. I'm not knocking him, major but bumps. do you think that's a reason why he's kind of been around for the way he is? Because he's going well. I'm not look. You know, I mean, Jeff just got taken off the ladder there, but kind of landed all right. But you know what I mean? Well, exactly. You know, um, a lot of wrestlers have uh, been forcibly retired from their bumps off the top, but Booker T has just gone under the ring to get a ladder, and it's only like a two-foot ladder. <laughs> but CM Punk's managing to use it as a weapon and take out everyone around the ring. Oh, Edge is actually not going to have any of that now. Oh, my oh, God. fucking hell. Throws that ladder straight <laughs> in the head of CM Punk. Well, this is the thing. And, you know, look at the talent on the show. And it, b- b- even before it kind of started properly, everybody's down on the outside already. We see a... <laughs> fucking hell. We see a replay of that. As, and then we got the... Um, is this a bit too? Uh, what's the word? It, is this become a thing now in ladder matches? Like the you know the massive ladder being set up. Do there need to be times where maybe we don't kind of need this? This is one of the first times it's doing it. Yeah, well, you know, this is look. Anyone would think that Edge has just set that ladder up to suplex CM Punk, and you know, you kind of sometimes, you know, especially with the bloke with the bald head and the pink shirt in the background, <laughs> your focus gets taken to other things. But this, my thing is, with AEW and their most recent pay-per-view, they had another uh, Battle Royal and another ladder match. And the thing is, if you do that for every pay-per-view, and your ladder matches kind of just turn into just another ladder match. And, you know, when the money in the bank is once a year, that's fine. But then you kind of get the same spots every time. You know, you get stuff set up for later, and you get the kind of people eye for their moments. I mean, luckily, this is, this is actually a good one. But then you'd kind of... You'd have that, oh, yeah, it's a table match. Oh, there's a table set up. Someone's going to go through that. <laughs> oh, look, it's a chair match. Someone's set up a pyramid of chairs. Or there's a load of chairs under the ring that's getting thrown into the ring. You know, someone's getting suplexed onto that shit. You kind of, watching enough wrestling, you kind of learn to anticipate things that are going to happen. So whereas a new wrestler would be like, you know, they'd have completely forgotten about that ladder on the side now. I know it keeps popping up into view, but they're focusing on the wrestling they're going to forget about it until some motherfucker's up that ladder and they're getting pushed. I think, right, I think the Harley boys now work well as a team. Uh, where would you rank ladder matches in kind of gimmicks? Do you know what I mean? I mean, they've got to be a high on my one. I, I think it's one, but again, it's like it's ladder matches are something that gets used over the smallest of things, but before they used to mean a lot, lot more. You know, you've got two Intercontinental titles. 
ladder match mm. for one bang I think like with, with ladder matches there is probably one of the most used matches in wrestling now you know it's kind of lost its luster is Matt Hardy uh, just me broke his back well Matt Hardy had some uh, ladders set up in the way that he injured Joey Mercury's face um, wanting to do the same injury to Edge, a man who he absolutely despises, makes no bones about it. But his brother, Jeff, was going to jump off the ladder. He got pushed off by Finlay, and then Edge suplexed Matt over, set up. Yeah, I mean, Matt's and Edge's beef course over Lita, as we know, Matt Hardy getting fired. Well, I say fired from it. I mean, he kind of, you know, they said, well, if you're going to keep causing trouble, then we'll just release you. They brought Matt Hardy back. Kennedy's set up. Kent on bomb, but... Oh, you don't see it from that angle, but the back of his head smacks on the side of that ladder. Oh, that. that must hurt. He was looking for a Kenton bomb onto Matt Hardy, set up across the ladder. Matt moved. Kennedy hit his head on the back of the ladder. He came off the top, hit a Senton bomb onto Kennedy. And now Matt's got the ladder. And I was just thinking with Matt as well. Don't look in bad shape, but I don't think that happened. And where he is now, you know, maybe he should have worked a little harder or taken a bump. Nice. Yeah, do you think Matt kind of, after his uh, broken gimmick hit big and like, you know, in TNA, do you think like he kind of took his foot off the pedal since then, like Kobe WE coasting through his AEW? I, I think at the moment, I think he's got a little bit more comfortable as big money Matt as the character he is now. But I, I think even looking back, you kind of, is it WWE's way of always trying to make, you know, a Janetti to a Michaels as opposed to kind of having just two successful tag team wrestlers? Well, the Hardy brothers was fighting it out at the top of the ladder over the briefcase, and Finley's come in and just pushed the ladder, taking them both out. Now taking Orton, Punk, and Kennedy out. That's, Look at teasing his sights. Well, that's, that's Punk's first involvement. I think he gets busted open by that ladder, and that was that looked hard way as well. So there was no uh, joking around. Oh, no. I mean, they're, they're, you know, like I said, the real ladders are not kind of gimmicked in any way. Oh, and they just just delivered a spear to Finley, who was looking to take people out of the ladder. Orton eats a spear. So does Booker. Kennedy. Matt Hardy gets one. So does Jeff. One more person to get one. That is CM Punk, who jumps over the top. Yeah, that was nice by Punk. Now he can have his moment, maybe. Uh, the edge spear, you know, it's, 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 it's all right. But I've never been a kind of huge fan of it because I think it should always be done by someone... Maybe a little bit bigger, you know. But... Like a American footballer body type. Well, you know what I mean? Like, if, if Lashley hits the spear or something like that, I can, I can go for it. But, I mean, Edge, you know, maybe more wide now. Oh, my I don't, I God. I don't know, you know. You kind of hit someone. I think the spear, the kind of move of it is designed to win someone. And you hit someone in the, you know, you kind of got your arm out. You hit someone in the stomach with that. You're going to take the breath out of someone's I lungs. I suppose so. Well, Edge just did that to punk the ladder. We can see a nice free play now. Dangerous again for Punk. Yeah, Punk neck. had the ladder set up on his <laughs> over his head, and uh, Orton and Finley was behind it, and Edge took Punk out with the spear, and the ladder took out Finley and Orton. Well, now Edge got the uh, another big ladder. Wow, man! Edge has got his hands on a huge one there. He has. He's had a couple of huge ones in his hand. As now looking to set up and get money in the bank. 
And of course, let's not forget he won the Money in the Bank match at the previous year of WrestleMania, at WrestleMania 22, when it was, no, 21, sorry, two years previously. Yeah, that was the first one, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the first one. Didn't he win the second one as well? No, he wins this one, doesn't he? No, Kennedy does. He beats Kennedy for the briefcase. RVD won last year's one. Yeah. As in WrestleMania 22. And then Punk would win 24 and 25. Yep. So the Matt. Oh, my oh, word. Oh, wow. Well, Edge was climbing up a ladder. Well, it's about halfway up. And uh, he's like, Orton, look, we're friends. Don't do this. Orton, <laughs> sod that. Push the ladder. Edge goes out of the ring. Well, there's been a lot of bodies at ringside at this moment in time. Orton down again. A lot of carnage. You said there was, you know, you commented on there being a lot of men coming like down to the ring for this match. Do you think there's too many or do you think it's actually working all right? It's not working too bad at this moment in time. The, the problem with too many men is that uh, obviously you're waiting for your moment to come in the ring. So, you know, sometimes it's difficult to actually kind of get your spots. But he sees at the moment usually is a kind of a general. looks like Jeff Hardy has taken control of this match at this moment in time. He's been waiting for this moment since Edge set up the ladder, which he has actually conveniently placed across. So Edge now is going to be hoisted on his own petard. Yeah, and look, Jeff's got a choice. Can he get the briefcase? Yeah, I'm sure he could reach it from the other side of the ladder. But his brother's instructing him to go off the ladder. Oh, oh, leg drop through edge. Oh. Now, that is a horrible, horrible bump. I mean, that who, is... Who would you, whose position would you rather be in? Do you know what? I might be Jeff in that equation. I don't know why, but the way edge just crumpled up. But then you see the way that Jeff hits it, leg drop wise, and his ass just hits and it kind of battered. Boom. Oh. I mean, Jeff, Jeff is down. Is that, I mean, Matt. Do you think that's Matt Hardy's fault for saying to Jeff, go and try it, son? Well, you know, you kind of, you know that Jeff's like, yeah, I'm going to do a stunt. That's all I am in wrestling. I am a massive stunt. I'm a huge stunt. (laughs) Oh, my word. But I don't know, actually. Saying that, Jeff looks like he sits on Edge's stomach. So, yeah, I think I'd rather be jumping off the ladder. puts his head up and then it bounces down off the back of the ladder as well. He's kind of, look, he's against that ladder. And that ladder snapped in half. But look at them rungs. They've hardly shifted. And then he's got kind of, he's laying across that. He gets hit by Jeff and then kind of comes to a sudden stop at the ground as well. Well, trainers, referees, EMTs down. And they look like they're getting a stretcher for Edge. <laughs> yeah, Edge is the first one to be carted off. So I think <laughs> he's a more serious one. And they never saw Edge again yeah, until he what, returned whatever, in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> whatever happened to Edge after this, eh? Yeah. It's a shame, nothing, you know. But it's incredible to think, oh, what the... Um, oh, boom! Orton's in. I love this moment. Oh, One RKO. Yeah. RKO counter. Two RKOs to Finlay. Third to Kennedy. Well, Finlay seemed to be bleeding at that moment in time as well. Come on, someone take your cue. So Edge is now out of the match. And of course, he's gone to the main event. So opening match WrestleMania 23. Main event of WrestleMania 24. Not bad for uh, Edge and now Orton. Look to go up. Setting up a ladder. He needs to move it more to the centre of the ring. Well, Randy Orton would hold um, WWE title by the time WrestleMania the uh, following year come round. And then previously he was uh, against Rey Mysterio Kurt Angle for the World Heavyweight title. Of course, CM Punk, like I said, he says he would go on to have a WrestleMania. Have a WrestleMania match with Randy Orton, wouldn't he? Singles match. Yeah, I think he would, yeah. 
But CM Punk has just taken Orton out with a ladder. And now he's kind of climbing towards the briefcase. But I think they're far too to the left of the briefcase. Well, they're struggling at the moment. And you can see Punk was bleeding. Finley was bleeding. Booker's not really been involved that much, I would say. No, I think Booker's been quite quiet. Who else was in the match? Oh, my God. An RKO halfway up the ladder. Well, that's Punk out, along with we've seen Jeff Hardy taken out. Edge is gone. So that's three Matt men. Matt Hardy's still about, and he, he should be all right. Well, there's Booker now. Maybe he's going to see the opportunity. Kennedy. Well, fair play. We see the uh, Wiley Coyote cam as well. CM Punk taking that one. Well, Booker T's not being quiet anymore. He's climbing the ladder slowly. Orton's setting up a ladder next to him, though. It does look gorgeous, the stadium and the setting, doesn't it, with the lights and the kind of the rigging they've got up as well. Just looks special, and Orton's going to try and do the same to Booker as he did to Punk. No. But he's turned it around into a bookend. Halfway up the ladder. Oh, and they're taking that. Sh- there we go. She seems happy about it. Oh, King Mr. Money in the Bank, Booker T. Could that be? King Booker Money in the Bank T. King Booker. <laughs> well, it looks like it's his. But Matt Hardy, I think, stirring as well. You can see the commentary team, Michael Cole as well. Oh, look. Queen Charmel's got in the ring, though. She's grabbing hold of Matt's leg, leaving Booker free to climb. Not Booker free, Booker T. But Hardy's holding Queen Charmel hostage now, saying to Booker, you get that briefcase, I'll give her a twist of fate. And he chose his wife. Oh, and that just got him twisted or fated. Well, Booker had his moment. He had the briefcase, but instead, choose love over success. And now Matt, looking to get the briefcase, because he's had his problems with love anyway. So he don't care. Nah. He's like, fuck it. Get the briefcase, go home. Finley's rolled his way into the ring. He's picking up the other side of the ladder. I just dropped Matt Hardy on the back of his head. Why would you take that? That is awful. God. Finley's head is busted wide open, though. And as Taz said, he's a tough Irish <laughs> bastard. That doesn't phase him. Well, I don't think Finley is finished with Matt Hardy. Oh, wow. He's just delivered the Irish curse backbreaker. That ain't, that's what Seamus does. Sorry, getting me Irish people mixed up. <laughs> you can see just the uh, the injury taken... That's bad. That's up down. Yeah, and the corners are even harder, aren't they? But then to take that straight after it. Well, the thing is, it might nip you as well. Do you know what I mean? Like when you get caught in it, it'd be like a metal nip. I mean, how bad is that? Look at the uh, top of that ladder. I think it's cracked. And like, you know, there could be, that's a wooden frame as well. Well, Finley's taking his sweet-ass time setting up the ladder here. It is, but I think he's got a bit of concussion there. He's staggering about on his feet. It'll help. Do you think they take too many risks in these types of matches? Uh, I, I think they... Yeah, they 
They do kind of. Oh, wait a minute. My <laughs> little helpline has paid off. <laughs> you got Here a little... comes Hornswoggle. <laughs> well, I was about to say, take too many chances, and he's taking a big risk now with Hornswoggle. Uh, Hornswoggle's slowly climbing that ladder. Inch, quarter inch in his way up it. Well, he's nearly there. Oh, and Kennedy's not having any of it. No, he just boots Finley out of the way and climbs the ladder. That looks like a mini Kennedy. If Hornswoggle <laughs> shaved his beard... It's three generations of Finleys. It's Fit, Kennedy, and then Hornswoggle. Ken Swoggle. <laughs> Ken Swoggle! <laughs> Ken Swoggle! Mr. Hornswoggle! And now Hornswoggle trying to fight. Well, he slapped Kennedy. Uh-oh. Oh. Oh, my He's God. Got Hornswoggle up on his shoulders. He's not. Surely. Oh, don't call me Shirley. But with Hornswoggle <laughs> on his shoulders, Kennedy's just done like a Kenton bomb. Landed all his weight on Hornswoggle. But in the meantime, Finley's got his way up and just thrown a ladder at Kennedy for hurting his, his little baby boy. Well, now Finley looks like he's going to get the briefcase. So it looked like Finley cared more, uh, Booker cared more for his wife than Finley did for Hornswoggle, then I think it would be fair to say. Yes. And now Finley's going to get it. Oh! See the way that ladder bowed. <laughs> CM Punk jumped off the top turnbuckle to the ladder because Finley was on the other side of the ladder. He drop kicked the legs of the ladder instead and it just bowed and kind of like flinged Finley off of it. Well, can't use that anymore, Jimmy Cordero. Let's get that out of there. And Punk, get us up a new one. We're not even going to get a replay of that bump as well. That's how incredible it was. <laughs> Absolutely. A Punk looking around. Could this be it? His opportunity. Well, does he feel lucky, Punk? Well, do you? Well, fingertips on it. Kennedy's up. The two men are slugging out of the top of the ladder now. Huge hits. Leave a man backing down. And Kennedy he's... now using Punk as a step to climb up to the briefcase. Punk responds with a kick, pushes Kennedy off. These two potentially could be the future of WWE at this point. Looks like Punk's going to get it. Oh, ladder to the face though. Kennedy all alone. Could this young buck get his moment? Well, the thing is, setting up the ladder... Hard camera way as well. And Kennedy going up top. Oh, one more run, but Punk's getting there. Can he tip the ladder enough? No, Mr. Kennedy is Mr. Money in the Bank. Look at the emotion on Kennedy's face. Bank. <laughs> Look at how he thinks now. That is time. That is his moment. He has broke the glass ceiling. How did we not know it would not work out for him at this moment in well, time? We don't even know that. I know, it's incredible. The plans it? for him is he's got that briefcase in his hands. He's going to cash it in. He's going to be the WWE champion. Yeah. That's all that's going through his head. He knows it. And that's what I'm saying. This is how happy he is. Um, what a great match. What a great way to start WrestleMania. What were your thoughts on that match? I think it's an absolute brilliant match. I've kind of anticipated the bumps coming up so they don't seem as big and scary. But, you know, seeing them again... There's still some solid bumps, good moments, no lulls in the match, no kind of 
you know, you see people lollygagging, lollygagging too much, waiting for their spot. It wasn't too much of that, you know. People, you, you knew they was down because they was legitimately hurt after getting a ladder thrown at their head or getting split open and that. But, no, a good match. Not over the top with bumps either. No, I think one ladder, huge ladder bump. I mean, RKO's and um, bookends off the middle of the ladder, but nothing too high. It was, you know, it was all about little rivalries here and there as well. But look at the punishment. I mean, look at Finley now, you know. Look at what bump that Hornswoggle took. Look at, you know, seeing Punk. Edge. Oh, no, he got carted off because well, he went through a ladder. But that's kind of protected him in a way as well, isn't it? By saying, like, okay, you go back, you know, we take you backstage out of the match, then you can say, yeah, your WrestleMania streak might be over, but it's not a man match and you weren't kind of involved in that. Uh, who would you think most impressive during that? Um, I think CM Punk, for someone like him, he stood out quite a bit. Um, Booker T, Orton, I think that was a bit quiet. You know, they had their little moments when they'd get their, like, kind of, you know, getting a good signature move for about three or four guys. Um, but, you know, they weren't kind of bit parts. Kennedy had quite a good part in that. Finley had a good role. Um, the Hardys, I think they started off, but after the huge bump, I think, you know, the kind of Hardys sat out the rest of the match. <laughs> Were we wis- missing the kind of like a big man? You know, like we kind of had Kane, the previous ones, and, and something like that. Like, you know, just do kind of big bumps. You know and what? I did, at no point during that match, I thought, this needs a big fella. <laughs> <laughs> I usually think that during matches anyway. But uh, So what are you going to score it out of five then? Out of five, um, for a ladder match, I'd give it a four. I thought it was a good, you know, there was, I think it was missing an iconic moment, you know, kind of someone outside getting involved or, you know, something extraordinary happening. Like Shelton Benjamin, like, bouncing on the, you know, when yeah, kind of springboarding you know, in and out of that. a moment like that. You know, something extraordinary happening. Yeah, I thought that was fair. I'm going to get forward of court because, like I said, they, they put their bodies on the line in that one and that's all you kind of want to start off. And then you get, uh, oh, look, this is where the original one comes from, Tom or Todd Grisham, because you're never sure. You all look the same. Could be Tom or Todd Phillips. Yeah. yeah. And he would last probably about as long as Kennedy would in WWE. Yeah, but before that, we see an advert for uh, The Condemned. And you see Triple H, it's like, yeah, you know, that bit was meant for me when he looks at the camera and says, game over. <laughs> well, did you, have you seen The Condemned? Yeah. What, what were your thoughts? Um, I thought there was a scene in it, and you can know the exact scene I'm referring to, which was a bit too far, but apart from that, I thought it was a good film. Yeah, I don't think it was too bad. I bet Austin Lowe, and especially with his like, Broken Skull, John, he is Matt Job. He, he's excellent in what he does now, isn't he? You know, I don't think he's going to be upset that maybe the acting gigs did, well, maybe a little bit upset, but, you know, like I said, he, he's still making money. But you've got uh, Mr. Kennedy getting interviewed by Tom or Todd Fisham, Fisham, Phillips, Grisham, whoever, Fisham. Um, you know, and at this moment in time, you know that Kennedy is actually fucking, he's got dollar signs in his eyes. fire in his eyes. And he's, you know, he's just, after that hellacious match, he's, you know, a bit of a promo saying, look, anyone in the back, I'll come in for you. I missed the money in the bank. bank. Isn't it weird that we didn't see the uh, the, the money in the bank is just a black briefcase, like, even three years on, you know? Like, they still did mark it up. Yeah, you know, they kind of, I don't I don't think they capitalised on that until they was actually selling replica briefcases. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, I think... Uh, there was a few customised ones as well, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was trying to think. It must. It might be the following year because I think Sam had. Damien Sandow had his customised leather one. He did. Remember when he was the fucking... Yeah, I mean, again, 
they have dropped the ball a lot with money in the bank, haven't they? Do you think that's the most kind of misused gimmick match that there is because of the kind of the amount of ways they fucked it up? Yeah. Look at Corbin. Corbin was money in the bank. Yeah. Otis was money in the bank. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's um, incredible. Yeah, I think it is. It's um, it's something that they could have that could have been huge. And I think you know that. The CM Punk moments, the Daniel Bryan moments, you know, them moments are brilliant. Yeah, I think without a doubt, we think we've seen that. Oh, oh my God. So we're going to move on. A great Carly coming out. And I did reference this earlier. So what, WrestleMania 3, we had the slam heard round the world of Andre Giant. Is this WWE's way to try and like, kind of recreate it? it? It is, you know, it's kind of, I think it is all grown up. And Andre the Giant has had a son all grown up. <laughs> Do you, think... <laughs> you know that that could only be right? Okay, where does Great Carly rank on you? He's going into the, the Hall of Fame 2021. Where does he rank as a list of superstars and giants? You know, um, you talk about giants. Talk about big, you know, giant out haystacks. Of giants. I would say he's probably. Is he better than Giant Gonzalez? Oh fucking <laughs> hell! He's somewhere between, in wrestling ability, somewhere between Giant Gonzalez and Kevin Nash. <laughs> oh, well, you, the thing is with Carly is that, you know, like I said, he's not a great worker, but, I mean, just look at him, damn it. Look at him, look at his size. Look at his quads. Oh, he's absolutely fucking huge. But, you know, again, the man he's going up against is no slouch. The big red machine. Yeah, it's Kane! It's Kane! He's, uh, both of these guys going into the Hall of Fame uh, this year, having a match at WrestleMania. What did you think? I mean, we've seen a lot of Kane. This is, of course, um, Bald Kane uh, with no mask. What were your thoughts on this one? Um, wasn't this when he was kind of going through his See No Evil film phase when he had his hook? Yeah, because he lost the mask in, what, 2000 and, I want to say, 2, 3, 2000 against Triple H. And then, because at WrestleMania 20, uh, 2020, 2004, he faced Dante with no mask. Yeah. 21, 22, so this is three years later. They would put the mask back on him sooner rather than later, because he didn't have it when he did Team Hell No, did he? So, no. so well, I mean, what is this take away from the character a little bit because of no mask, or, you know, like you said? Um, well, you know, kind of Kane up and, you know, up at this point, I think he'd kind of, I think he'd had his slight comedy run as well before this, hadn't he? I know he'd like, he'd had a few comedy runs like, uh, 2000s, like, you know, making jokes, talking properly, you know, and, uh, just having laughs and that. I don't know, I kind of ceased to take him serious kind of after that point, really. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? It's weird to think the position of Kane and the kind of, they always kind of build him back up as a monster after a while. And at this point, they're trying to have them a kind of just a, a normal baby face. He, it is a bit weird that this match is kind of taking place now. It's not ECW match, is it? This is... I no, guess... it is just... A match. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a raw match between the two, but it just seems weird. it seems like they had an idea. There's want, probably a bit of storyline behind it. They wanted Carly, uh, you know, to be the kind of the monster, and they picked Kane in that position. So you know, it is what it is. Well, they, they you know, they obviously wanted twenty years on. You know, they had that. Yeah. You know, Vince. Well, I want Andre the Giant. <laughs> damn it! Not taking off his feet. I want him slammed. <laughs> right? Who can slam him? 
John Cena, busy. Yeah. Ashley, busy. Batista, busy. Um, Undertaker, busy. Who else is big enough? You know, and then they just kind of got down the list and the biggest person available that wasn't in a match was Kane. Well, it's weird though. I said Kane's not really had... How many great WrestleMania moments has he had? I mean, it was in the first Monday Night Ladder match. Yeah, I think the match against Undertaker was quite a good match. Yeah. Uh, 20, and he had one later on as well? Or earlier on? Earlier, 14 and 20. That's when he had. But I mean, he he faced what? He faced Chavo at WrestleMania as well, hasn't he? So it's not like... ECW Championship. I think that was like 19 seconds, wasn't it? Yeah, so I mean, it's not like he's had the kind of like standout moments. You put him in with Great Carly... But I suppose safe pair of hands. It's someone that you know. W say, do you know what? You know, we'll look after him. Make but sure. Again, you know, Kane's career. You can't just define it by any moment. You can't define it. Well, you know, he's wrestle Mr. WrestleMania. He's Mr. Royal Rumble. He's Mr. Survivor Series. He's well, he's actually Mr. Few Survivor Series. But <laughs> 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 Well, when Kane's great performance through the Royal Rumble 2001, you know, when he when he went the distance, so to speak, there. Uh, and I think Kane likes to talk about, you know, underrated maybe in a way because he wasn't a bad worker for a big man, was he? So, you know, and he played the monster quite well. Played the monster really well. Played the entertaining person really well. Um, a bit later on in his career, though, I think, like, he kind of lost his mystique, you know, lost his kind of, like, edge. Whereas Undertaker, he'd lose it, but then, you know, he had a way of getting it back like that. Well... It might be a case of the Undertaker wasn't on TV all the time and came we saw week in, week out, and it was a case of like, well, you know, if we keep seeing this guy over and over again. Yeah. Oh, but Kane's just kicked the great Carly, and Carly's accidentally somehow managed to get his arms all tangled up in the ropes, and it's just a free punching bag for the big red unmasked machine. Oh, Carly's got nowhere to go. Referee's trying to help. I think Kane's got other ideas. Oh, he's looking for a steel chair. No, he's looking for his hook and chain. When you talked about hook and chain, that was uh, ready to be used and Carly find it off. I mean, Carly really just, there's not a lot there, is there? There is absolutely nothing. I mean, I think Kane is kind of trying to do the best with what he's working with here. Um, he's got his hook and chain out. Obviously, a prop from See No Evil. Is that a good film? Um, I can't really remember it. I know horror. I know people were saying As, as far though. as horror films go, it is not a good film, no. I look at the strength of Carly managing to pull that turnbuckle with a third attempt. Yes, just rips it straight off. The referee's struggling around, trying to get the bits out. Kane's hit the great Carly. And just crutched him with the chain. <laughs> oh my God. Huge moment here, people. Brace yourself. Kane picks up the great Carly oh. and slams him. The whole ring shakes. The crowd goes crazy. <laughs> well, Kane into the cover. Two. No, the great Carly manages out. Uh. Haven't done that this year. <laughs> That's been a very long time. Ticks me down, memory win. And now Kane looking to choke down Carly and put him away. He's got a throat. But no, Carly's arms are longer. Manages to get Kane round the throat. But Kane managing to break the grip. A huge uppercut. Upper what? Ooh. Carly is going to try the Punjabi plunge. 
two-handed choke slam. And he's uh, in such a bad way, he can't actually get down to cover him, so he's just going to lay a foot across him, and that'll do two, three. Wow, they beat him like... I can't believe they fucking squashed him like that. Carly getting over Kane. They done, Car- they done Kane bad, They've didn't they? They've done Kane, Charlie. Like a monster there. I mean, that was... I mean, it was... George Animal still-esque with the turnbuckle pad coming out and shit. I thought he was going to start eating it, Carly. What an awful fucking match. That, what was that trying to attempt and set up? You know, like, Carly's a monster. I have no idea, but Carly, the monster's not done there. He's wrapping Kane's hook and chain around the throat of Kane. Oh, my God. Carly's won this hook, line, and sinker. Oh, well, he hasn't caught himself a fish. But I, mean, I think Kane is in a lot of pain. That's awful. I mean, that is just that does not get remembered as a WrestleMania match at all. I mean, that is just a waste of time with Carly there. I mean, yeah, he's big, and that's it. Like, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I want to call it a match. No, it was um, absolute clusterfuck. I mean, God bless Kane. I think he. He was like, yeah, all I need to do is just slam Carly. Whatever happens in the match happens, kind of thing. I think he was just going along with it. You know, he was there to slam Carly. That was it. No, I'm going to give that two and a quarter because of the slam. Um, yeah, I, I like the callback to it. I think a two and a half, you know. Yeah, you're not you're not that bad, are you? So um, we see the videos. We saw one of the, the little boys turning into the men of WrestleMania. Now we see the little girls turn into the, the women of WrestleMania. Uh, and, of course, we're going through the, the history and... The women's revolution, of course, came a lot later. But at this time, see Ashley, obviously no longer with us. Uh, Tori, Melina, and people like that. What are your thoughts on the women's division at this point in time? Um, I, I think there was actually quite a lot of potential there. You know, um, a, a lot of a lot of women there that have have the caliber and the uh, quality of putting on some great matches. Oh my god! And talking about um, departed wrestlers as well. Timer on the screen, Chad Gaspard and JTG, uh, JTG, unfortunately Chad Gaspard not with us, an absolute fucking hero to his last breath though. Without a doubt, without a doubt. But crime time, they've got some uh, extreme expose dancing on there, uh, a bit of a, uh, what's her name, Kelly well, Kelly. Well Layla is probably the one that would go on to probably have the most success. But JTG and Chad Gaspard encouraging, trying to get Eugene into... Eugene's had his head shaved, but what has excited Eugene even more, James? Who is it? Who wants to see my puppies? It is, yes, Mae Young and the fabulous Moolah. And Eugene is choosing to dance with these two old legends of the business. But James, who has just joined the show? It's none other than Thick Slick Man. Thick, the greatest manager of all time. That's the road. It's the hot times. Uh, Slick is here. And they look like having fun. Of course, it is a shame. And he gets everyone to dance. The music starts up again. Go Slick. Go Slick. <laughs> Go Slick. And Slick there busting a move. But who's just come up? It's the American dream, baby. <laughs> slick. That's the road. That's the road. Hit them! And Dusty Rose is joining in. Sergeant S. Laughter. In full combat gear. 
Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, IRS with his briefcase. James, I'm in heaven. Well, unfortunately, Dan, most of these are now as well. Moolah, May Young, Dusty Rhodes, Shad Gaspar, like we said, it's uh, it's pretty much of a shock to see that considering it's only 13 years ago. Mean, mean Gene as well, no longer mean there. Gene. Bobby the Brain as well. Bobby he? the Brain. Oh, he's still around though. Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat. He just came in and interrupted the dance, but he's carrying on the dance. Howard Finkel there as well. Pat Patterson, no longer with us as well. Fucking hell. This is depressing, Dan. What did you put this on for? Oh, James. Oh. We're waiting for it. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> I love fat people listening hey, along. Is that, um... Oh, yeah, you said a thing, didn't Just you? turned it up a little bit because they thought, oh, I can't hear anything, and then suddenly just get the dam coming down, yeah. Um, but Detroit, Michigan, I mean, like I said, it's been a sort of enjoyable WrestleMania so far. We've just had two matches well, and a skit. Yeah. Well, we've had a match, <laughs> something, and a skit. <laughs> we get an outside shot. We get some celebrities in the audience. The Detroit Tigers. Tiger. Him. That guy from that thing. Oh, he's that. He's got those eyes. Yeah, that's the one. The guy with the nose. And the woman next to him. Yeah. She's got those ears. Oh, James. TikTok. Who would have thought MVP? What he'd be doing now? Exactly, managing the WWE champion. Hurt business. Part of the hurt business. Uh, at this moment in time, we record it. They are still together, but you never know with WWE. And here comes MVP and his cheerleaders. <clears throat> That's a cool entrance. Why didn't MVP do more in WWE? Didn't he? Have, he had a few cool entrances. That tunnel thing that he'd come yeah, as well a few he had times. That. But look, boom! Don't get the fireworks. Get the flames because he is on fire. Is it because he was like mates with Chris Benoit that they just didn't push him into WWE title contention? Is he someone, a bit like Kennedy, that maybe didn't get the opportunities he gosh damn deserved? I'd throw Carlito in that way as well. Absolutely, yeah. I think, you know, he was kind of, uh, I don't know, he might have just been cursed with the mid-card fucking voodoo or something. Voodoo? You know, Papa Shango might have been backstage doing his shit and that. Voodoo. <laughs> you do? We what? Do. Voodoo. Voodoo. <laughs> well, yeah, it's also Papa Shango, this kind of shit. But, you know, MVP coming out and he's a cool motherfucker. I even like his kind of like the... Uh, 305. Yeah, the space suit he's wearing. Balling. You know, coming out here representing and uh, great, great athlete. Intro that got ruined by the United States title flashing up on screen. <laughs> it's your favourite bit of the show. They, they ruined it. And what a reaction for this man. And we talk about people that have. Uh, this is his last WrestleMania. Last year that he was um, alive. I mean, that is that's pretty depressing as well. But United States champion Chris Benoit. Um, We've we've said a lot about Benoit, and it's interesting to think. But MVP was very close to him, and always said that it was never the man that he knew that would have done those acts. But the thing is, is that it never is, is it? You know, and I think over time we've kind of learnt that is maybe they'll be that way. But it happened, and it's they they did kind of do it in a weird way. So do you think MVP's wrong to keep saying that, or do you think if that's what he believes, the epilepsy warning as well? I should say for anybody watching it. Well, you know, you kind of, um, I think everyone always says that, you know, oh, yeah, it's not the it's not the person that I know, you know, it's it's not the Raul Moat that I know, it's not the <laughs> Ted Bundy that I know, you know. He was always, it's like, you know, these fucking things always start off like when they're doing a killer profile, like, 
He was known in his village as a quiet fellow. You know, always kept stuffed cats. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think it is just something that, you know, it happens. And, you know, I believe that you shouldn't forget the memory of Nancy, the memory of Daniel. But, I don't, you know, I don't think it should be brought up every opportunity. I think, you know, all you should think about is, you know, Nancy and Daniel in that situation. Situation. And I, I, I do agree. And we've talked about Benoit a lot. And, and it was kind of one of those things, weird enough, that kind of took over the earlier parts of the podcast. You know, when we were talking about it and wondering how to deal with it and stuff. It, it was. It was, a, it was a huge point. You know, we kind of, he who not shall not be named. I think, you know, we've made jokes about it here and there. But, you know, it is obviously something serious that's happened. We do kind of, you know, take it seriously. It's just kind of our way of dealing with it. And it also, you know, there are going to be cards and matches where he does show up and perform. So it's a case of, okay, we'll deal with that at a certain point, but we won't go out of our way to do a Chris Benoit fucking uh, superstar profile or or anything like this. And it's it's interesting to think, you know, with MVP as well, kind of at this time, looking like he's going to be one of the next stars. Is there anybody from this generation, uh, talking about especially kind of these years, that made it? We've talked about the failings of people. We've talked about MVP, talked well, about know, Kennedy, you, Carlito, Chris of, Masters. You've got the likes of CM Punk. You know, he he went on to yeah. be an absolute megastar. You know, um, I don't know, because, you know, kind of like the main events are established wrestlers, you know, Undertaker, Batista, John Cena, Shawn Michaels. You kind of can't really put them into contention. Um, Edge, again, he had already kind of achieved... What he wanted to achieve, I think he'd still achieve a bit more. Oh yeah, it's no doubt Punk. Like, but then again, like Snick came from the O2 class, didn't he? Edge yeah. was before. Punk is kind of one of the new guys, but through that, the kind of no one else really, like, you know, like uh, anybody Lashley. through that time. Even Lashley kind of had to go away and then you know kind of come back. There's no one yeah. that really. Is it a Stuck case? Around. Is it a case of them going with the tried and tested? people or you know oh let's persist with well, Cena and well, Batista you, know, you kind of you kind of look at who dominates the next few years in wrestling it is your John Cena yeah, it is your yeah, Batista's yeah. it is your Edge your uh, Undertaker's Shawn Michaels Triple H even comes back I think you know it is kind of like them and then they go back to the old classics Brock Lesnar you know no one else knew really had much of a chance it's not until you get to a couple of years time when you've got the Daniel Bryans coming in getting filtered in and you've got it's the start of kind of NXT, yeah, isn't Husky it? Yeah, Harris. Then, you know, uh, yeah, that. Stu Bennett. But that won't be until, like, yeah, so that's 2010. So that's the kind of start of this. Because obviously the nexus for that would be when ECW yeah. kind of went. Uh, and it kind of started. But it's kind of weird that they kind of dropped the ball here. Because you've got, ta- like, Carly. Okay, we're going to build him up as a monster. Well, you, you kind of failed at that. You know, like Kennedy at the moment. Even with this, with let's showcase MVP against the kind of best technical wrestler in the world. And obviously with Benoit, they've tried the world title with him. That's not working. So now to try and put him in a, in a match with this, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it, at this time? Um, absolutely, yeah. You know, this is kind of like, right, we need MVP. We want to kind of show that he's great. We put him against someone who is established as being one of the greatest in-ring wor- in workers and could make... I reckon he can even make Carly look like a great fucking worker. <laughs> well, this is the thing, isn't it? Yeah, like, there's no doubt in the kind of talent... That he had, but it's obviously that they weren't, you know, it wasn't main event level. We can put you in there, kind of safe pair of hands. And it seems MVP, I mean, MVP in this one is, is showing kind of his aggression and everything that he's got. But you look back at the scoring, and I guarantee it'll be a miss, a match like the ladder match, which gets a higher rate than 
the Cena Michaels match, then the Undertaker Batista match. You know, two guys that, you know, with MVP, someone who's kind of not yet established, but, you know, he's still performing his head off. You know, like in the match before, it was the Kennedys, it was the CM Punks that was kind of taking a ride, the new unestablished guys. You know, it's not. Like, they're not going noticed. Yeah, yeah, this is, and this is the weird thing about it. And, you know, this match has been given maybe a little bit of time, but maybe felt as a kind of, like, you know, a little bit of throwaway. You could argue that, you know, WrestleMania is built upon, you know, your two or three kind of big matches. But nowadays, it is the event that kind of sells it as a whole, so it'll be interesting to kind of see that. And it is weird to think, you know, Benoit's kind of few months, last few months, kind of and what he was and what how he's been working as a performer. And kind of thinking, you know, what would happen if, you know, if it had just carried on and what position would you have been at? You know, but at this moment, it is what it is, as I keep saying, as MVP now. Absolutely, yeah. But, you know, well, a superplex from MVP, but Benmar managed to hook the legs. Just managing to get a two, though. Two. MVP working over the left arm of Benmar. It's working out because... You know, Benoit needs that for his crossface. There's an old style feel to this, isn't there? It's the kind of the young upstart and the veteran and the kind of even the way they work is not working an arm, working a body part, this kind of thing. Absolutely. And it's not jumping off the top. It's not flippy stuff. You know, their high risk manoeuvre is a superplex. That that adds value to the impact of the movement, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of like, you know, they're not doing it to look pretty in the air. They're doing it sheerly to hurt someone when they want to hurt them more than a suplex to deliver. Mm, I think without doubt, now MVP now, back suplex to Benoit. But MVP himself, he's a brilliant worker. I think he is one of the hugely underrated wrestlers of, you know, this time. That's what I'm saying, and they kind of dropped the ball with so many. And was it was it a case of oh, it wasn't position, or did the guys on top say I don't want to work with these people? You know, no, it's because there was no competition. I mean, ECW was kind of like under the WWE banner. Um, WCW had been taken over years before. You know, they had no competition. They didn't need to have you know shows revolving around MVP, Lashley, CM Punk, Kennedy. Because they didn't need to. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? And like I said, at this moment in time, if it's if it's not broke, why fix it? But then it adds problems because you look at the guys on top of this card and, and the other WrestleManias, and it's the same even 13 years later. The people who are big stars at this time are big stars now. They're kind of not developed from that. You know, like to talk about you it's going to creep through. MVP now finding success, like I said, with the Hurt Business and, and Bobby Lashley. But it's interesting to think at this time... As Benoit now is going to finish this match up with MVP, but the arm's been worked on the vast majority. It's a very simple story. Yeah, but you think about it, like, you know, with the likes of MVP, these are coming to have been like 15 years since this. You know, and you think, like, if you go back, Shawn Michaels is in years. You know, he's on his 15 years at this point. Undertaker's on his 15 years at this point. You know, for 17 years. But, you know, they're kind of, they're getting up there towards where MVP is nowadays. Mm. And then you've got the kind of likes of people coming through, the Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and the younger talent. Well, it's, you know, and this is the thing, and I think we forget sometimes with age how it's changed in recent years as well. You know, where you talk about Ric Flair in the early 90s was over the hill at 42. That's the same age AJ Styles. Another incredible thing. 
British Bulldog, when his WWE career came to an end, he was 36, the same age as Finn Balor is now. And you put that into perspective of the colour of Lennon now, so to speak, and you go, wow, it has changed. And kind of wrestler's career has kind of prolonged maybe a little bit more, whereas, you know, back in the day, or Hogan and Flair are past their sell-by date, and now the kind of age. So, like, every P was now going to develop more and more as he kind of gets older as well. Well, you know, those who uh, subscribe to Disney+, Disney Plus, there's a brilliant Ric Flair documentary. And he'd tell you about the rigorous training regimes he had to go to. It was all cardiovascular. He turns up to this place, more than half the people wimped out. If you treated wrestlers nowadays like you treated wrestlers back then, there'd be court cases coming out your arseholes. They would all refuse to do it. This is the thing, and, and it's it. You can see it from any, and we're going to see it, you know, outside athletes or anybody else coming in, just how hard it is to actually work a wrestling match because it's a constant kind of thing as well. There's no kind of, you know, catching your breath back and whatever it is, but it's still a constant thing. You can see it even with these two guys now, kind of giving everything that they've got. Well, Benoit's just come off the top with a flying headbutt into the cover, and that is it. Well, MVP unfortunately loses, but I mean. Did the right guy win? That's what I'm saying. See, I think this would have been the perfect moment to elevate MVP beating Chris Benoit, the man who three years before that won the WWE title at WrestleMania. But this is WWE's way of saying, well, wait a minute, because they always say it, it does get on my nerves sometimes, JR says it as well. Well, sometimes it's just the rub, being in the ring with the guy is enough not needing to beat him because that's, it doesn't really matter. But I think sometimes it is really important. So you can think, like, you know, what happens after this match, you know, the handshake, the hug, the raise of the hand, that is enough. You know, he doesn't need the title. He's, you know, just taking him to his limit, you know, I, I, his stature. I think you need to win, you know, and that's why I, I, like I, said, I disagree with that sometimes, because it's all well and good, but, but when you turn up to just be a loser in big matches... But you could have you could have gone on to Friday Smackdown, you could have given the title back to Benoit, but to give him that huge push, you know, I think that would have changed MVP's career. Well, it's a very face, apart from Kennedy and Carly, it's going to be a very face-heavy kind of WrestleMania now, you know, with the kind of who wins it and stuff like this. It's weird that it didn't go that way. What were your thoughts on that? Because that was very different to maybe something that we would see uh, at maybe a WrestleMania at this time. It wasn't a bad match, though, was it? I, I think it was a, a very good match. You know, it was, again, two wrestlers showcasing their raw talent. You know, Chris Benoit, I don't think he even kicked out of second gear in that match. I think he was kind of coasted along. Obviously, you know, it is he must have a gun on his head. So I think kind of MVP being a trusted friend was the best person to go with in a match at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think without a doubt, as we see uh, Trump backstage talking about China. Um, what are you going to score out of five? I am going to go with four and a quarter. I don't think it's either of their best matches, but, you know, you couldn't really fault it. I'm going to go at three and three quarters. Just because, uh, It was very enjoyable. And now we see the horrible boogeyman in there with the uh, the wrestler. <laughs> so we know. Oh, no, wait a minute. No. It's Trump. Well, Trump putting some demands to the boogeyman, saying he wants some food. He wants it now. He's hungry. Do you understand that? And the boogeyman says, I'm coming to get you some sandwiches well trump it's incredible to think that he would be, become president of the united states 
Oh, look at this. It's Little Boogie Man. Now, Little Boogie Man and Big Boogie Man just gone. Trump is not impressed. Oh, JBL and Michael Cole seem to think that was the funniest thing they've ever seen in their life. Oh, my God. There's a thing now, of course, you know, they find everything funny. Back now, uh, back now, it's complex playing dumb with everything, not knowing what's anything. They just go. So afterwards, it would be, what was was that? Was that Trump? Was it? Was it Trump? Was it? Was it the boogeyman? I, I don't know. It's the induction ceremony. So the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, Dan. Is this one of your favourites? It is. Yes. Uh, I do like the album. Well, the Wild Samoans, the Sheik, Nick, Nick Bockwinkle, AW AWA champion, Mr. Fuji. He, Banzai! he cooked and fed it to Jimmy Snook, and that's where this story came from, from Kennel and Hell. <laughs> but Stone Cold inducting his good friend, what, JR. What would that sound like, Dan? I'd like to induct my good friend, <laughs> JR, into the Hall of Fame, you son of a bitch. Uh, thank you, Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Thank oh, you! I just showed Jan in the crowd. Oh, Jan, she will be. Stay away from my pants, Jan! <laughs> so, JR... Getting his uh, hat raised, and of course, wow, Mr. Perf as well, Kurt Henning. What a guy. Wade Boggs. Do you know who Wade Boggs is? No. He's a baseball, baseballer. Oh, is he a baseballer? Is that what they call him? Baseballer. <laughs> look, Kurt Henning. Oh, look. Kurt Henning and Joe Henning there. Cool turn on to be Curtis uh, Axel. Curtis Axel. I love that little towel flick. What tail flick's better? That was our perfect. Mr. Mr. Perfect's towel trick or Tyler Bates' towel? Tyler Bates without a shadow. Why? 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 Do you know why his wife was pissed off? Why? Because William Shatner. (laughs) I want to present. He would have no idea who it is. He did have one segment on Raw. There you go. A brief segment, yeah. Apparently, Jerry the King wanted someone else, but no one had ever heard of him. That's why he's got... Bill Shatner. Yeah, well, Bolo deserves to go in. Of course, his matches with Andy Kaufman and everything like that as well. Do you see it? kind of like panned on in the crowd. <laughs> Who? Benoit and Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what is depressing? We have lost a lot of people. Look how young Cody Rhodes looks. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, you've seen a young Curtis Axel <laughs> and a young Cody Rhodes. Now Dusty's dancing. Look at son there. He's probably just come out of the old training camp, isn't he? Wow, yeah, he's going to be... It's an honour and a privilege here <laughs> to be inducted into the Hall of Fame 2007. Are you doing Mr. Fiji? Are you doing... <laughs> Dustin! He's <laughs> doing Dustin. Welcome to him, baby. So, what? That is not a bad class, actually. When you think about heritage, Roman Reigns' dad, of course, in there as well. Nick Bunker won... Botwinkle, greatest AWA champion. What are you thinking? The fucking, the amount of talent in these men's ball bags. (laughs) (laughs) You've got Kurt Henning's son. You've got Cody, uh, Dusty Rhodes' son. And you've got, um, what's his trout son? Uh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns' dad, son. Well, we've set a forward field record, Dan. I'm glad. 80,176. It's not. 
No. 80,103. <laughs> really there. I nearly gave you a bonus point, even though we don't do them anymore. I was 76, so that'd be 63. I was 63 fans <laughs> out. What are the fucking odds of that? Oh, we're going to get legendary. Howard Finkel's coming out to introduce the Hall of Fame. I love the way he says it as well. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the class 2017. <laughs> no, it's 2017. Yeah, yeah. It? 2017. Seven. Seven. <laughs> well, we're getting them now. Here they come. And it is a hell of a class. The Wild Samoans, Mr. Fuji. Well, they will be missed. Nick Bockwinkle, Jerry the King Lawler, and the family of Kurt Henning. Larry. And good old JR. Larry the Axe Henning, eh? one of the most toughest son of a bitches that ever lived. He looks like the bloke from Jurassic Park. Uh, that's Larry the Axe Henning, you wash your damn <laughs> mouth out. That's a legend. A legend. Jerry uh, the King Lola. Well, it's weird we've kind of stopped on a Hall of Fame here because the next episode together, <laughs> it's almost like we planned it would be the start of WrestleMania week and it would be Tuesday. It'll Nick Buckwinkle! <laughs> I am trying to do a promo here. At WWE Hall of Fame 2020 and 2021 on Tuesday, WrestleMania week. Do not forget it. So out of all these Hall of Fame people, then Dan, who is your favourite? You have to pick one. Mr. Fojo. She's your favourite. Bonzo! Stop. <laughs> Look how wild he's got crazy. On the right, he's got the most craziest <laughs> eyes. It ain't a gimmick, son. It ain't a gimmick. Joyce Farhat. Yeah, be careful you say that. The original Sheik. Doesn't look too bad. And the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Who's, who's your favourite out of this whole lot then? There's a few to choose from. I uh, Do you know what? JR and Dusty, I would toss. <laughs> yes, uh, I would say uh, probably... Choose one now. JR over Dusty. Oh. Yeah. You've got a thing for overweight cowboy hat wearing Southerners, haven't you? With JR, I've got initials who do commentary on wrestling, yeah. With Bell's Pause, though. <laughs> well, well, it's just about to get serious in a minute now. Uh, Detroit, Michigan, WrestleMania 23. And it's one of the main event matches coming up. I cannot wait. I'm so excited Michael Cole doing the hands as well. It's going to be brilliant. AT&T mobile customers. They've been telephoning all weekend. Well, who do you think is going to win the heavyweight championship match. What do you think, Batista? Undertaker, you think Undertaker? 64%. Undertaker, 82%. Oh! How <laughs> did you know? What? How did you know? What? It's like you've seen it before. What? <laughs> well, unbelievable. And we are just about to get ready for Batista versus the Undertaker for the World Heavyweight Championship. Undertaker's here because he won the Royal Rumble. The year before. That year. January. 
So the build to this is quite an interesting one, isn't it? You know, because obviously with the Undertaker, not really known for many main events, but kind of goes back to the Royal Rumble, doesn't it? Uh, absolutely, yeah. You know, uh, Undertaker and Michaels, the last two men standing. Undertaker prevailing, but Shawn Michaels coming up second, but still getting a title shot against John Cena for the WWE Championship. Well, yes, yeah, it's interesting to think that both men would go on, and who would the Undertaker pick as well? He had the choice of three, and he picked Batista's choice, or, you know, a John Cena Undertaker match at WrestleMania would have been awesome as well, wouldn't it? I think the John Cena match would have been brilliant, but um, if if you're going against, I don't know, you want someone to prove their streak, I'd get them beating Batista over John Cena. Yeah, I suppose that's fair. And at No Way Out as well, I think they did it for a couple of years, where they had, um, like, the... You know what I mean? The champion and number one contender. Yeah, the champion and the contender teaming up to go against Rand's champion and number one contender for the titles, I think. I think John Cena and Randy Orton, uh, John Cena and uh, Shawn Michaels held the title for a little while as well. Well, see, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because the you know, tag team titles kind of get forgotten about. We've, uh, you know, Edge and uh, Randy Orton, of course, dabbled with that. But I think that's quite an interesting concept. And I think that might be interesting, you know, even like an intergender way of doing it on the road to WrestleMania with, you know, the kind of women's matches as well would make sense. But, I mean, Batista is the man at the moment, along with John Cena. You know, both of these career coming up at the same time. WrestleMania, you know, Ohio Valley wrestling first and foremost, and then coming up winning the WWE Championship and the World Heavyweight title the same night, WrestleMania 21. They are kind of like the stalwarts of both Raw and SmackDown at this moment in time, aren't they? Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, it can... Uh, it was even tied together so much at Royal Rumble 2005. Vince tore both his quads. <laughs> Well, the thing is, as well, Undertaker and Michaels, you know, you talk about stalwart of, of SmackDown, the Undertaker being there that amount of time. Of course, Shawn Michaels being on the first uh, Raw, so is the Undertaker. But, you know, these two guys kind of being like the history of WWE and going against the kind of guys who are the, the men now. The history of 2002. Yeah, do you know, like, literally, like, these two guys. And, of course, like, the next WrestleManias as well, you know, the battles between the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels that we would get. And, incidentally, if top of my head, if I remember correctly... This is the Undertaker's first WrestleMania title match since WrestleMania 13. And then this yeah. would start a tradition of him, because obviously he'd be in the main event against Edge next year, wouldn't he? Title versus career kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and we'd have him, you know, with title matches up until like, said, this just Shawn Michaels thing as well. So it's quite interesting. I mean, the streak at this time is, is quite big as well. But if anybody's going to beat it, it might be Batista. Yeah, he's the animal. He walks alone. But how important is the streak to WWE? And do you think they ever should have broken it? I think the streak should have retired with Undertaker. I think it was one of them ones that it, Brock Lesnar didn't need it. And it could have happily have, you know, gone on for another couple more years. Well, he did have a couple more wins after that. But I think that one could have continued as a win. And, uh, yeah, just retired with the Undertaker. I think that would have been the perfect fitting tribute for him. Yeah, I think without a doubt, you know, the streak you know, getting broken like this. Especially this time. But... Well, we talk about Batista might not be the best work. He's definitely had intensity to him, didn't he? You know, he definitely had, obviously, the look as well. Uh, and I didn't mind him. There's two entrances that he did well. Of course, first the machine gun one. And I quite like the spotlight one he had as well as he kind of, you know, changed himself. What was your favourite of the two? Uh, the machine gun one, without a shadow, yeah. He's going to set the fireworks off here as well. No, he does, goes either end and he goes to the middle and the fireworks go. <laughs> It's a long walk for Batista. It is. He started jogging. I think he got a bit out of breath. But, he, you know, he's main event, apparently, of 
WrestleMania? Well, this is the thing. He missed WrestleMania 22 due to injury. Of course, WrestleMania 21 for the World Heavyweight Championship. You know, Batista is, um, pretty, you know, held in pretty high regard. I think he's facing Margaret at WrestleMania 24. Yeah. Um, but, of course, you know, in the main event of WrestleMania 30 as well. So, Batista has been there and done this. But I, I think, for me personally, this match is my favourite Batista match of all time. So, if he was like, yeah, if you used to choose a match that defined Batista, this would be your best Batista match. I think it had to be, yeah, my personal favourite. Because the thing is, as well, is that Batista wasn't looked upon as like this. And the Untaker match, you're thinking, oh, this could be... And we've seen it before. You know, big matches not paying off, being a bit boring. And it was just... It was a glint in his eye, and it's just the way it worked this night... And it was magic in the air, you know. And I, and I don't know if it was the case of just the Untaker WrestleMania. But look how Batista, he's coming out and he looks ready. You know, there's a focused look on him, isn't there, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, he is, uh, he is a huge force. He is, a, you know, something to be reckoned with as well. Look at the size of him. You know, if anyone's going to beat Undertaker. I mean, who's his biggest opponent, like, you know, muscular-wise that he's been up against at WrestleMania since? Like you know, well until then. Well, like I said, he's only had the uh, the the two matches. He was involved in the um, WrestleMania 20 when Evolution versus the Rock and Sock yeah. facing Triple H. But you know, you talk about opponents that he's gone up against as well. You know, match against John Cena at SummerSlam. I'm not sure what year that was, but that was quite a good effort between the two. But Batista's quite a weird one because the character development. And it's weird to think he went on to become an actor when you could say, oh, usually a big guy hasn't got a lot of personality. But with Batista, that was different. And why do you think he showed it more in kind of films and different things rather than in WWE at the time? Uh, I think, I don't know, you know, he might have been trying to portray the big guy type where, you know, you're you're silently spoken, you know, the Goldberg, the Lashley, the, you know, that kind of route of, of wrestler as opposed to someone coming out here giving it everything, you know, he just comes out there and lets his talking do with his power and dominance. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting to see who he, you know, looked at as, uh, you know, like Ultimate Warrior and people like that who may be kind of more powerful and a little bit less than what they do personality-wise, but I think Batista definitely has that. And you talk about any, you know, any entrance, it would have to be a long list of greatest Untaker WrestleMania entrances. But there is something about a WrestleMania, about an Undertaker entrance, that just makes it special, isn't there? If you think of the Undertaker entrance, you have to put druids and smoke alongside it. Well, it's just, you know, it's not just that. It's the darkness. It's the, it's the lightning. It's the kind of the thunder going off the bells. The, yeah, the build up to it. You know, kind of like this. His... His entrance ain't even started yet. This is just kind of like the Druid's entrance. <laughs> and then it goes silent as the Druids be quiet and then the bells toll. To whom and the, the Druids are walking toll. off. They're like, yep, yeah, our part's done. Well, she just walked out with torches and we're walking back in again. I cannot wait until we have fans back in arenas to uh, witness moments like this. Same take, obviously has retired since then. But look at that. Look at the visual. You know from the silhouette exactly who it is. Absolutely. I think the first bell donging kind <laughs> yeah, of... Yeah, but I know what you say. But it's yeah. it's weird how great wrestlers, just from a shadow, you oh. know that's the Undertaker. There's no other wrestler you're going to confuse him with. Yeah. Who are you going to confuse him with? Chuck Norris? 
<laughs> Come on. Harris was going to go against the Undertaker for a streak, but he didn't want to lose. <laughs> and look at this incredible by the Undertaker. As Batista just stares. Unfazed. Quite unfazed, I'd say. What do you think the Undertaker's shape looks like? I mean, he's been around a long time. He's going to retire back in 99, obviously carried on. This is the career renaissance. This is the kind of, for me, start of a golden period for the Undertaker. Yeah, I think, you know, this... He's kind of had his foot off the accelerator, but I think, yeah, this is going to kind of kick-start, obviously, his Michaels, his Triple H's, his Brock Lesnar's. You know, I think that's going to that's gonna push him into some of the greatest matches of his whole career. That's yeah, out. And Undertaker calls for his streak. So when was Undertaker's first WrestleMania, Dan? Uh, 91. It was WrestleMania 7. Who was his opponent that day? It wasn't Hogan, was it? No. Um, didn't he face him the next year? No. No, he didn't face Hogan, did he? He beat Hogan night one for the title, uh, but at yeah. uh, WrestleMania 7, he beat Jimmy Superfly Snooker yeah. uh, in the match. WrestleMania 8, he would go on. Who would he face there? Jake the Snake Roberts. And take a win. WrestleMania 9. Giant Gonzalez. Giant Gonzalez. He wasn't at WrestleMania 10. WrestleMania 11, he beat King Kong Bundy. WrestleMania 12 beat Diesel. WrestleMania 13. In the, ma- in the main event, beat Psycho Sid for the Sid, WF Championship. Yeah. The last WrestleMania, he fought for a World Championship. WrestleMania 14, we talked about with uh, Kane. 15, against Boss Man in the worst Hell in a Cell match possibly in the history ever. Uh, 16, he wasn't there. WrestleMania 17, he faced Triple H for the first yeah. time in a great match. WrestleMania 18. Uh, big Show and A-Train? No, that was, was that 19. That was 19. 18 was the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Woo! 20. Kane. Kane! Kane! 21. Your mate? Randy. Randy Orton, yeah. yeah. WrestleMania 22 last year, as we watch this, is Mark Henry. And then, of course, like I say, main event, WrestleMania 24, series of Shawn Michaels and Triple H. The streak coming to an end. CM Punk thrown in there, probably my, one of my favourites as well. What a list of individuals. And that is one man. That's not a company. That's what The Undertaker brings to a WrestleMania. So this is to round out Evolution. Because he's already fought Triple H. He's already fought Ric Flair. He's already fought Randy Orton. Yeah, this, this is, So yeah. this match is to round out defeating <laughs> Evolution, the whole faction of Evolution at WrestleMania. Well, how successful was Evolution, considering, look at the success of all four? Well, you count out the amount of titles they fucking had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Orton, Triple H and Flair are all in double digits, high teens, uh, mid-teens. Batista, what, he's six, seven? He must be six, seven, yeah. He must be around that area. We so, know, you know, like you said, Flair sixteen, Triple H and Orton tied on fourteen each. Of course, we know Cena's got sixteen as well, and the Undertaker as well. Looking on at Batista, and Batista is ready. His f- focus has not waned throughout the whole entrance of the Undertaker. No, nah, but look at the his shoulders, his upper body. But Batista comes straight out <laughs> of the blocks with a spear. Well, if you're going to look at strategies, come on, you know, you've got the animal Batista in there, a man with intensity and power. People might not say he might go the distance, so to speak. So he needs to take out the Undertaker early, doesn't he? Absolutely, yeah. And can I just point out, Charles in charge <laughs> of this match. So if that's Batista's work, then the Undertaker then has to kind of 
withstand the early impact. Yeah, and I think Undertaker's brilliant at absorbing a lot of punishment as well. You know, he's he's built like an absolute unit. He can take that damage. He can let Batista wear himself out. And then that's Undertaker's time to strike when he's uh, when Batista's out of breath. And that just shows you the cardio of the Undertaker as well for a bigger man to be able to outpace him as he does. And I said, well, there's not many strikers that can go one-on-one with the Undertaker and live to tell the tale. As Batista's learning to find Undertaker's starting to slowly respond to him. Well, the thing is, though, when two big guys are going at it, so to speak, I just want them to go move-for-move type of thing of, you know what I mean, just balls to the wall. We don't see anything boring. We've seen it, the worst it can happen with Goldberg versus Lesnar, you know, and this is one of the versions where, I mean, look at that. <laughs> it's just Wow, Batista's just thrown Undertaker into the steel stairs and Undertaker's hit it knees first and flipped over the steel stairs. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's impressive there. And it's the Undertaker wanting to take the risk to help out Batista. But luckily enough, Undertaker, I think he's actually wrestling not as much. 2007. He's still no, pretty, actually, yeah, pretty, pretty active. active yeah. Yeah, 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 He don't slow down until a couple of years' time, does he? No, until like, um, yeah, after the Michaels' match. Yeah, that's when yeah. it kind of, like I said, it kind of set One there. One a year, two a year, maybe. But Batista's going up top. Very uncharacteristic of him. Comes off with a flying shoulder tackle into a cover. But Undertaker... Kicking out. Uh-huh. This as well is Undertaker is a veteran, so he's going to know what Batista's going to bring. So in this matchup, Batista's thinking, right, let me think a bit outside the box then and see what I can do. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, you can't forget that Undertaker's been hit by bigger and harder hitting guys. You know, Undertaker knows what it's like to take a real punch, so anything that Batista can deliver. So, yeah, you say Batista needs to take things out of his wheelhouse you know attacking Undertaker straight off the bat going down low you know taking him out at the legs coming off the top you know two things that you can see caught Undertaker unawares no without a doubt you can see the power from Batista as well but like the question is how long can he go for that and but there's no doubt he's in great condition here yeah but the more punishment Undertaker takes it's going to take a lot more out of Undertaker as well you know Batista is a young buck well, it's Batista's biggest match of his life. You know, he's, he's in the spotlight. Well, title versus Yantek. If he wins, he's the first man to beat him at this very event. Yeah, and not forgetting, you know, he's had to outlast 30 other men to get to this point as well. There's no doubt about Yantek with his very first Royal Rumble win. Now big rights and lefts. Yeah, that's quite mad, seeing that Batista... Despite, like, kind of not starting until 12 years after The Undertaker, won a Royal Rumble two years before it. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the thing, this is the way the history with The Undertaker, where, you know, he didn't need the championship when he kind of first started, and how it kind of worked out for him having this kind of extended run now. You know, nearly 10 years to the point where he wanted to kind of retire and walk away, and now finally doing it after 30 years. Oh, Undertaker rolling the dice, snake eyes, big boot. Always a fail safe for the Undertaker, I think. If he's in trouble, roll the dice. Huge leg drop. This is the thing about the Undertaker. There's a few things he does, but he does them well. And I think that's the point where if you look at wrestlers, even in, especially in WWE with the kind of signature moves that they've got, you know, there's a few that they kind of all set up and they kind of always do. They kind of leads you into it and thinking, right, we're getting toward, you know when you're getting towards the finish. 
Like yeah. so you see snake eyes in the big boots, like that's the only guy. Walking to the top row. Yeah. Old school. And then when you get to the choke slams and the last rides, you're thinking, right, we're getting right to it. Boom. Drops a clubbing blow along the back of Batista. He's and loading up for the choke slam. Like I said, the end is coming for the Batista. Well, Batista tried his best, but you know, what can you do? No, Batista's trying to fight it. I think he's pulling Undertaker's grip off his throat. He's taking both of Batista's hands, but he's managing to loosen the grip. Undertaker putting a bit more pressure. But Batista managing to fight out thus far. Undertaker ducking. Goes high. Doesn't get the rotation, though. Nearly comes down flat on his face. Looks like he's damaged his shoulder putting his hands out. Well, a very difficult landing, but just trying to recover there. Into a pin, but only a two count. Two. And you can see everybody in the crowd just sitting there watching this. You know, there's not any uh, monkeying about. They're not going to get, you know, drinks or anything like that. Nah, they're just fixated on this match. It's brilliant. They're not watching it through their phones either. They're all just sat you know, obviously 2007. Don't think camera phones was out then, was they? I'm too young to remember. So, so. <laughs> Undertaker, like, big right hand sending Batista to the outside. Batista crawling back under the bottom rope. Undertaker cutting him off. Huge elbow to the forehead. Oh, right to the point there. Batista... Cannot defend himself. And a kick to the side of the head as well. Undertaker's not quite finished there. Loading him up. Is he looking for the guillotine leg drop? Well, it looks like he's going to try and put Batista away now. And a huge Boom. leg drop there. Crumples Batista to the floor. Well, with that, Yantaker's taken complete control now of this match. I mean, Batista tried hard, didn't he? But I guess sometimes you just can't uh, get it done. Well, now the Undertaker, as I said, weathered Batista's early onslaught. The Undertaker's got bags of energy. He's just been absorbing everything like the Black Panther suit. And now he's just hitting back with huge major repercussions. Uh, major repercussions. And look at that. Oh, sailing over the top rope what's that 325 pounds just flying over the top rope with ease like a lawn dart and Batista was the lawn dart catcher when you look at the guy you know his age his size and doing that move I mean he stopped it after WrestleMania 25 after he'd uh, come up short but I mean that is incredible agility for a guy he doesn't need to do that type of stuff we talked about earlier Money in Bank not needing to take the bumps but it looks spectacular yeah, absolutely. And this one, he managed to land it. <laughs> it's in that slow motion and that. You know, I think as well, you know, you can trust a big man like Batista. You know, he's able to take a huge man flying through the air, unlike Shawn Michaels, who's probably about half the weight of Batista. Bless him. Well, at this time, though, would you think The Undertaker would go on to have continued to have such an incredible career? You know, you it must be near the end at this point. You know, one last hurrah maybe for the world title. Yeah, you know, I, I would have thought at this point, indeed, you know, this is Undertaker's last hurrah, as you say, you know. You'd put him down to beat Batista. But after this, what, you know, I'd have said WrestleMania Hall of the next year. Well, this is the thing, you know, and what a 
Incredible career. We've seen it Batista there. He reversed the Irish whip attempt by the Undertaker, sent Takers into the chairs. Well, into Lillian Garcia, bless her. <laughs> she had to go scarpering for her life. Ref- I think Robinson's given him a bit of the uh, benefit of the doubt, both being on the outside, a title match. Well, you can see the referee, uh, he's at the air doing the count, but Charles being in charge, so he's going to make the sensible decision. People have not paid money to come here and watch this end of the count out. Nah. As Batista is going on the offence. Well, no, because that would go a loss in Undertaker's column, wouldn't it? Because Batista would retain. Well, so, so, so this is uh, the thing Undertaker doesn't want at the moment, but he's been outgunned. But Batista, the man who, you know, he doesn't need to win by count out, is the one coming in and breaking the count all the time. Does that show you the respect that he's got for the Undertaker, that he won't count? Well, it's, you, it's, know. you know, it's not just respect he's got in, underca- uh, in Undertaker. Um, it's kind of like a bit of self on himself as well, you know. He's not the world heavyweight champion for no reason. Well, that is actually true now. Batista rearranging the uh, furniture, as they say, in Taz, JR, everybody's slowly getting out of the way. So, who did Batista beat to become World Heavyweight Championship? James, now, go. This is 2007. I'll have to work back. So, the Rumble... I actually can't remember. Um, you were so into wrestling. It was Rumble 2007. Uh... And you've got... So that's John Cena Umaga. Must be like someone like Mr. Kennedy or someone like that. Batista. Well, he's got to take her up. Running power slam through the announce table. I think he's just finished off the Undertaker. Well, that is crazy power there by Batista. You talk about the uh, announce table exploding... Was it someone like the Great Carly or someone like that? I would have thought, yeah. Because <laughs> he's round champion at that time. You see Batista. Awesome impact there. I will look it up and get back to you. Yeah. Well, no, I know 2007 is a lot happened there. Of course, with uh, Smackdown as well. And that throws him in. Batista. Going for a cover on the dead man. One, two, no, not enough. He hasn't even hit a Batista bomb yet, has he? Well, not yet. The, the punishment now coming down on the Untaker. See the big rights and lefts. We see another replay of the announce table getting it blown up. That, as far as ring announce tables explosion goes, that was actually quite a good one. Mate, they're putting on a show, aren't they? You know, like I said, they've been started. Since the very uh, beginning, they've been uh, at each other's throats. Now, Batista is going to look to finish the Untaker. Put him away. Batista bomb now. Untaker managing to back him up. Sending Batista back into a corner. In a huge elbow. Now, Batista's rocked. Nowhere in time. Irish reversed and a nice suplex there. By Batista, that may be surprising the Undertaker. And Batista now maybe getting a little bit frustrated. Sometimes you give bit given your best shot. Now right hands. Kicks in the corner. 
And that's a great call from JBL. It smells like smoke has been through fire. And now Batista up on that second rope. The right Charles hand. Robinson's perched on the rope as well, trying to call Batista. But he's got his foot perched on the top rope. I don't think that's wise from Batista, though. Perched in a very vulnerable position. Batista clobbering away. He's been caught by the Untaker. Bus ride. Is that it for Batista? One, two, no. no. Big Dave managing to kick out. Uh. And it was King Booker. Beat him at Survivor Series 2006. Oh, King Booker. Oh, because Booker won it from um, Rey Mysterio then. Yeah. Great American Bash. Mysterio had won the title WrestleMania uh, 22 the previous year then. Yeah. So there we go, Batista now and the Untaker. Of course, we know how this end for the Untaker is total reign. Of course, we cashed in by Edge. Yes. Well, people in the end. But Batista looks to end things now with a spinebuster. Oh, but Undertaker sits up as Batista's shaking the ropes. Well, thumbs down, but the Undertaker doesn't agree. Irish whip. Undertaker stops his tracks. So grips the throat of Batista, looking to plant him in the mat. Boom. One, two, no. Batista managing to kick out. Ah. Huge yeah. slam there. So Edge cashes in the Money in the Bank briefcase that Kennedy won on Undertaker on the title of Batista Holds currently. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? Things change funny, don't they? But Undertaker's slit his throat. He signaled for the end of Batista. Tombstone pile driver on the Big Dave. Can't quite get him up. Backslide. Spear. Well, now Batista means business. The street might be coming to an end. Well, he might be giving Undertaker his own last ride, but the Batista bomb version, which is the sit-out one. Well, a huge Batista bomb. You can see the bounce of the Undertaker. This is it. Streak over. Two. No. Oh. Even the look on Batista's face thought he had it in the bag then, and it turned to shock when Undertaker's shoulder was off the mat. Well, your mates are up there happy about that, but I, but not many people have kicked out the Batista bomb. Ah, no. <laughs> I think Undertaker's one of the first. And now Batista thinks, well, if that didn't work, let's try again. Uh, what's better than one Batista bomb? You see the fans as well, who were sitting intently now on their feet, every yeah, one of them. They know, that's why they know they can <laughs> smell the end is near. As Undertaker loads up a huge right exit. Looking to Tombstone Undertaker. No, Taker with a backslide. Pushes Batista into the corner. Can he get him onto his shoulder this time? He's got him in position. Boom. Tombstone time. And Crosses the arms. Undertaker. One, two, three. Gets the win. What a match. Look at the fan reaction to that. 5-0. Goes the Undertaker. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Absolute brilliant match. Yeah, you know, it's you could definitely see why it's one of Batista's best matches. I mean, it was a back and forth match, as two big guys should. You know, Undertaker absorbing a lot of punishment, Batista doing the same. You know, back and forth, back and forth. Could have gone any way, but, you know, the streak was always going to remain. Yeah, but credit to the pace of Batista as well, because he started off strong in this matchup and he kept it going throughout and it showed him that he could go 
with the Undertaker at this point in time, and they delivered a hell of a match. And they argue it might it's stolen a show at this moment in time. Absolutely, yeah, I would definitely agree with you. And that uh, running power slam through the table was absolutely fucking phenomenal. I've not seen one smash up. And look at Charles Robinson as well. Scared to give the Undertaker the title, he just snatches it from him and fucking Robinson runs. It's just them little details in the background as well, you know. Even like Undertaker, he's, what, 17 years in the game. Everyone still fears and respects him. And 15 and 0 at WrestleMania. It is incredible from the dead man here. As you can see what it means to him. And as he won at WrestleMania 13 against Psycho Sid, he wins the World Heavyweight Championship. And this would start. Arguably his greatest kind of period of his career. Imagine the TLC matches with Edge that are coming up as well. And that kind of feud with Batista involved, even up to the Survivor Series. This is a great story told. But look at him. To stand up after a match, James. <laughs> he's not sitting on the floor raising the title. He's not getting stretched out even though he's got the victory. He's able to stand. He's able to appreciate. He's able to absorb all the fans. You know, he's able... Look, everyone just respecting The Undertaker. It is an incredible moment here. As you see... Down to one knee. That pose there. That's iconic. You know, you talk about what a wrestler brings. I don't think anybody brought... There's no argument to it. More to a WrestleMania than The Undertaker. And what does Undertaker bring to that title as well? Well, this is the thing. This is the first time he's been champion for so long. And the case of like... I think it's his first heavyweight... No, was it? It must be his first world yeah. heavyweight title. Yeah, because he was WWE it was champion. in 2003, wasn't it, the heavyweight championship? But it's, it's been, it's, it's 2002, I think, was his last title run before this. And that was as, you know, the American badass. Where he beat that was Ho- WWE championship. Yeah, he beat Hogan for the title and then that's when it kind of changed. And uh, you see now, it's kind of a big moment for him. And this would kick on what we know now as like kind of the golden era as it was. And, and what a match, you know, fair yeah. play to both of them. Yeah, even Batista in victory, he put up one hell of a fight, you know, hit Undertaker with his best move, and it just, you know, just wasn't enough on the day. Yeah, and they're showing the highlights, and they say, you know, it just shows you how good a match it is when they're just running through exactly what happened, finally the Tombstone getting the job done, you know, but it's unbelievable, these, this performance. And even though they're kind of, like I said, the facials of Batista, the little things like that, Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, look, Charles Robinson as well always gives brilliant reactions, expressions as well. You know, he kind of adds to it. And like I said, what a match and what a moment at WrestleMania. Good. Fans. I will say, Dan, the fans are there still. A good choice for a WrestleMania at this moment in time. <laughs> yeah, the Undertaker there. Leaving as champion. And look at him. Look at the size of his fucking frame at this moment in time as well. He's not started to sag yet either, has he? He's kind of still got the shape. He's still got the physique. He's still, you know, in reasonably good health. Managing to walk out. Slight little limp to it. But, you know, he's just been in a good match. A good, hard, grueling match. He's gone for a fucking announce table. And he's leaving like that. That is, you know, it's beautiful to see. Yeah, and even this little bit as well. There's so much for the Untaker, wasn't there? You know, from the moment... His the you know the druids came out to this moment here. It is a complete package of what a professional wrestler should try and be. And you know, as soon as he gets through that curtain, bang, that is it. He changes, and he's Mark Calloway. You know, he's. I bet he go back there, hug Vince, hug whoever else is in gorilla position, wish whoever's up next good luck in their match. 
go through to the back, sit down, have a little chat, get some ice packs on him. And, you know, he's Mark. No, I was going to say, and the, the, like, uh, anybody that's not seen it, go back and uh, watch John take a series on the, the network as well. You know, it is incredible. Hang on, sorry, on the network. No, listen to our Undertaker series on the podcast. Oh yes, to be fair, sorry. I forgot. Sorry. Yeah, the no. Fuck the network. Yeah, but they might want to see the documentary. But if you want to see that, the true thing, if you yeah. want to get behind the Undertaker, if you want to see the man behind yeah. the hat, the gloves, the coat, and it's it's all complete now. The fourth piece is in that moment, and we end with a boneyard match at WrestleMania. And we're backstage, Vince McMahon there with his. Uh, Grandson, daughter? Granddaughter. Granddaughter. Why'd you bring my granddaughter? I need some good luck, maybe she'll give it to me. <laughs> I said, God damn. Do you think Vince actually does that? Oh, can I shave him, boss? <laughs> Well, Stephanie's really not sure. Oh, here we go. Baby view. Babe, we can see from the baby's perspective. I'm going to beat up Donald Trump. I'm going to shave his head. So, what, so why have they given a baby a camera? Like, this is the most... Why would they, you know, out of all the things... I'm surprised they managed to get a cameraman sat inside that little buggy. I mean, that is just <laughs> great visuals, you know, to... Have they got a, a, a little person? Well, they've got Hornswoggle. He's he's come out after his bump from earlier and he's got a little camera. Well, Vince McMahon has just kind of uh, told the baby his strategy and the baby's... Uh... The baby's up! <laughs> um, <laughs> I do like the use of the word chump. But uh, this is Vince before his eyes went. You know, I think Vince now... It's kind of shown his age maybe a little bit. This is kind of last of the, the great Vince, I feel, after the, uh, once the hair gets shaved, maybe the end of it all. But we've got Taz and Joey Styles on commentary as well. And look at the state of that table. How are they going to function with a table like that, eh? I mean... Actually, you know my table tidiness. I always oh, like I know, to keep James, table. You love your table tidy. I do do like a tidy table. Well, here come the uh, ECW originals, as it were, trying to stick up for their brand, stick up for their turf, saying, look, you young guys ain't going to come in here and take over. We're here to represent. And the ECW originals, James, consist of RVD, Sandman and Tommy Dreamer. Before we get your thoughts on those, just quickly the scores from the Untaker match. What would you give that out of five? Four and three quarters. I would give it exactly the same rating. Yeah, so what were your thoughts on this original group then? Of course, a lot of innovators of violence here. Um, were you much fan of the ECW gimmick as such? We, met, we touched on it earlier. And Sandman, everybody likes. Oh, yeah, Sandman, Sabu. Um, well, first watching this, I kind of didn't really know the history of any of these, apart from kind of... Uh, RVD and uh, Tommy Dreamer. You know, I didn't know who Sabu, Sandman. I thought they was kind of complete morons. That bloke drinking a beer and smacking himself over the head, making himself bleed. I thought he was a complete idiot, loose cannon, Billy Idol-looking motherfucker. Um, But, you know, RVD, I thought he was a good guy. You know, and a few of these uh, other guys. I weren't too keen on Sabu. 
because uh, it looked like we had sanitary towels on his elbows in a match once, and I just thought, yeah, what a weirdo. Well, like I said, the original ECW with Sabu in barbed wire matches with Terry Funk absolutely destroying himself. The same with all these guys. The first time I saw Sandman, before I started watching ECW, I just thought he was a stone-cold rip-off because of the beers and stuff like this. And when you go back, I don't think he was ever a kind of good worker in that way. And uh, I think with the ECW thing, it just kind of didn't work out. We do breed, of course. Uh, who are these then, Dan? Go on. Um, you've got Marcus Corvon. You've got Kevin Thorne. Um, Matt Stryker, is it? School yep. teacher. And you've got uh, Elijah Burke. Elijah Burke, still wrestling now for NWA. He had a match recently to pay for you. Marcus Corvon used to be Monty Brown in TNA. He used to do the pounce. He's actually quite a good worker there. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Thorne used to be Mordecai. I think Judgment Day might have been like 2003, 2004. The White Undertaker. The White Undertaker. Yeah, that's who he was. Uh, and, of course, Matt Stryker does commentary with D'Lo Brown on Impact Wrestling now. Oh, wow. So, so it's quite interesting how they go. Of course, RVD being rumoured to be in the Hall of Fame. No, it's Big E before Big E was Big E. And it's uh, Kofi Kingston. We did. And uh, look at the uh, competitors now ready for action. Of course, Matt Stryker. And uh, I think with the school teacher, I mean, I don't think that gimmick would kind of ever work. Do you think they're set up to fail with what they've been given? But to be fair to Matt Stryker, he used to be a teacher, so that might be based on what it was. And do you think the old ECW stars are just too old? Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, as you say, these new guys was definitely set up to fall. I mean, can you see any of these new breed kind of making it into anything. Do they make it into anything? No. No. I mean, don't get me wrong, Monty Brown, you know, as Marcus Corvon, did have an impressive look about him and maybe build, but if the character's not there, then you're not going to get much chance, especially this is a different time now to most, with the amount of talent that is there, you know, to try and fit in. If, you, if you're not going to, you know, they're not going to waste their time with you anymore, they'll just kind of cut you and try and get someone else. Yeah. I think and, this. Sorry, go on. And you know, I think with these uh, ECW originals as well, it's you know with Sandman, Sabu, and Tommy Dreamer especially. These three guys are really out of place in a normal wrestling match. You know, they're used to barbed wire, they're used to flames, they're used to chairs, they're used to everything like that. Um, and to have them in a wrestling match is just, you know, what's the point? Yeah. Well, and and again, we talk about kind of filler matches. And they're lucky to be on the card of WrestleMania, there's no doubt about it. Absolutely, yeah. But as you can tell from the kind of the crowd as well, even though they're being quite respectful for it, they're kind of quite in down after that big match they've just had now, getting ready for the other two. You know? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, if there was ever an ultimate definition of a filler match, this one is. You know, <laughs> yeah. the one that took place after the uh, Money in the Bank ladder match was as well. <clears throat> Um, and, yeah, you know, it's good. You know, after that match especially, guys are going to need to go out and get drinks and that. They're going to get the seat fillers in for a hot minute. Well, at the moment, it looks like the uh, new breed are going to take over as we've got Bert and... Corvon. Corvon. <laughs> I was about to say Von. Corvon, yeah. They've just done a double backdrop to uh, Tommy Dreamer. And Dreamer, to his credit, is still uh, wrestling now. He's coming up with Hardcore Justice, which is the next Impact Plus pay-per-view. Of course, we'll have that here on the uh, WNR podcast as Sabu breaks up the pin. Yeah, we've been watching Impact Wrestling and it's not been too bad. And you kind of you know, they're always 
got to be careful because with ECW, it was such an iconic kind of brand yeah. that you can't really resurrect it, if you know what I mean. Because when you do, it's always going to be different to what it was. And especially if it's like an anti-establishment thing and you're actually part of the establishment when they bring the brand back, you know? Yeah. So do you think, um, you know, someone went to uh, the ring gear designers and said... Uh, yeah, I want some red trunks with a couple of axes on them, but I also want the like I'm wearing a shirt and a tie and a waist jacket. Can you do that? What? So you want sleeves? No, no sleeves. Just shirt, tie, waist jacket, all sleeveless. Please. To be fair, we never saw Dracula's wrestling outfit, so we don't know what. Um... Yeah, but if you're gonna go for kind of like the <laughs> the vampire kind of look, yeah. is that what you can describe it as? All black. I know, like, yeah, we just seen The Undertaker wrestle. Okay. All red. Yeah, it was on earlier. Okay, well, give me sleeveless shirt. How do we know they're his trunk, uh, the trousers? Oh, he know. might probably, have... But... He just probably found them in Lost and Found in the back. No, I'm not saying that. Maybe they're wearing red for a reason. They're all wearing red apart from Matt Stryker. So maybe he's the one that couldn't find any. Marcus Corvon accidentally, you know, they were white. And he put it in the wash with a red sock, and we know what happened. You see? No, you've completely lost <laughs> I see Burke is wearing... Look, they're all wearing red, aren't they? Red and black. Yeah, I know what you mean. Apart from Matt Stryker. <laughs> all right. They're kind of teaming well, up. Tommy Dreamer now, he's kind of coming back, taking out uh, Corvon and Burke. And a nice dual manoeuvre there. Referees counting. Burke's the other side of the ring to get a tag into one of his teammates. So is Dreamer to his credit, though. I'm just saying, personally, if I'm in charge of the team's colours and someone shows up with that team outfit on, then, you know, I'm going to have a talking to you after this matchup. And I think Matt Stryker deserves that. Or a very strongly worded email. But Dreamer now, looking for the tag, and here comes RVD. And Matt Stryker's in for the new breed. <clears throat> RVD just runs through him, spinning heel kick. Takes out the incoming Kevin Thorne. He's on fire, baby. Catches Stryker's foot. Kicks him square in the face. Stryker falls flat on his head. RVD's up. Looking for the five-star frog splash. No, jumps over Stryker. Kicks Fawn. See, like, RVD's in there. You know business is picking up. Rolling thunder. Is it a bit of a come-down low for RVD? I mean, he was money. He won the money bank last year at WrestleMania. And now this WrestleMania, he's... Well, in the past year, he's been champion. He has been champion and then, you know... Defended it against John Cena, didn't he? Yeah, and then Mara charged and they got stripped of him. And then they kind of... Is this kind of punishment for what happened? Well, you know, I think he should uh, count himself lucky that he's on the card. But then again, Matt Stryker, Kevin Thorne, Elijah Burke and Corvon are on the card. So, you know, if they can get on it and... If you're missing out on this card, then I think there's something <laughs> yeah, that's really wrong with you. Fair enough. Well, uh, Stryker got planted with DDT... Burke and Sandman take each other out. There's a big uh, melee outside as well. He's got to be one of the most wrestlers in a, like, <laughs> kind of WrestleMania. You know, aside from, like, the little mini rumbles and that. Well, yeah, the multi-matches. There's another eight in here. And a five-star frog splash two, from RVD three. gets the one, two, three. So there you go. Five-star plus one, two, three. Means eight men tag match is over. 
Dan, what did you think of that segue and match? I thought that fucking segue was absolutely brilliant. And I ain't even going to follow that. The match was good. Not as good as that fucking segue, though. <laughs> fucking nailed that. How long have you been working on I see you making notes halfway through the match. No, I swear. <laughs> I've been waiting five years, six years for that. <laughs> that is the best line you've ever fucking delivered. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, seriously, though, the match wasn't too bad. It filled enough time, didn't it, you know? No. Um, yeah, a pointless match, but it was, you know, again, it was exactly a filler match, just a little showcase. You know, it is good to see somebody like the ECW fans in the crowd going, look, yeah. you know, I got to see Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, Sabu, RVD. But, you know, now we're going to get on to the, to the real stuff. Right, so what are you going to score that out of five? Um, for nostalgia, three and a half. I think, you know, it wasn't terrible. It was better than that bloody shit show, Great Carly Kane. Yeah, I think I'll, 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 I'm going to say three and a quarter, because I only gave Ben Wilder three and uh, three quarters out of five, so I don't want to be too nice to that. But it wasn't too bad. Like I said, we managed to catch our breath before, because there's still two big matches to come. And like I said, the um the the Trump match was kind of absolutely massive in mainstream media as well. And we see a promo for next year's WrestleMania. Yes, James, it's gonna be in Orlando, Florida. WrestleMania twenty four. Is that one of my favourite WrestleMania's? Um obviously twenty three. We talked about it, we've got seventeen. What other WrestleMania history stands out to you? Um Obviously, we've got nine, haven't we? Yeah, I think 20. Any recent ones? Uh, 31's not too bad. I, I don't mind that. 30. 30's a good one as well, yeah. Thomas the Hitman Hearns. Well, I wouldn't argue with him. Boxing legend here. Oh, I don't think Jerry the King Lord is scared of him. But, head shaving. A famous quiff of Donald Trump against the billionaire Barnet of Vince McMahon. It's the battle of the billionaires, and we've talked about a kind of interesting build-up. Cool Stone Cold Steve Austin put in there as special guest referee. It's weird, Bobby Lashley is going to be WWE champion 13 years on from that, and of course we've lost a mug since then. Well, he's currently ECW champion. Yeah, and we've got the President of the United States that was in there as well. Former. What do you remember of um, this kind of feud? Were you into wrestling at this time, interested? Um, 2007, no, I, I wouldn't have been watching wrestling at this current moment in time. Uh, I, I probably might have glimpsed it because obviously Vince McMahon and Donald Trump being involved, it would have kind of made mainstream news as it actually fucking did. It kind of blew off the newsstands. Uh, this is kind of like before the likes of Twitter, before the likes of Facebook was sharing everything wrestling related and, uh, you know, you kind of podcast and you're talking things, but, you know, everyone was... Getting involved in it. Well, as I say, it's interesting. Look at the amount of publicity that they're going around and asking them. Like I said, I remember it being on BBC. Even The Rock. And it is quite an interesting story, you know, but do you think um, they ever thought, I mean, never going to put Trump in there, but maybe Vincent Mann facing someone? Like a legend of Trump's choosing? Possibly, yeah. Could it have been Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon? <laughs> I don't think that would have worked. 
So McMahon at this point, I mean, he's done a lot of stuff in his, his character. Is this him at his, his worst, so to speak? I, I think this is just him poking fun at himself now. I think this is just him, like, you know, fucking done everything I need to do. Fuck, I'm going to shave my fucking hair from WrestleMania. You know, I think it's him. He's he's taken enough, but, you know, it's, I think it's him giving a little something back. Yeah, I think without a doubt. And I think we can see now, you know, the relationship that Trump and McMahon started back in WrestleMania 4. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it was uh, Trump Plaza or something, wasn't it? Yeah, Trump Plaza. Well, Trump was the first man to, you know, after the success of WrestleMania 3, ask Mr. McMahon, or Vince, to his friends, uh, if he'd be interested in giving WrestleMania to not really on a big arena. He goes, well, we can basically loan you out this Trump Plaza with all the facilities nearby, casinos, and make money. And, you know, they made nearly as much money at WrestleMania 4 as they did WrestleMania 3. When you consider WrestleMania 3 had 90,000 people, compared to the little people there. It was so, such a big success, they came back to WrestleMania 5. And, you know, they've kind of always been friends, so this has been interesting that they went there. But what were your thoughts on Bobby Lashley and Umaga? Because he's Umaga one of the biggest, kind of forgotten about big men, because the impact he had at the time was massive. Oh, yeah, you know, Umaga, he had... Is he currently unbeaten at the moment? He just or lost to Cena. He just lost, yeah. Incredible just... last man standing match. Oh, that was a hellacious, wasn't it? He choked him out with a rope yep. and everything, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's... Imago, who's huge stature, you know, he's had an unbeaten streak. He's someone, I don't know, I think he was kind of really underrated as well because he was quite a good worker, yeah, deceptively yeah. quick as well. When he's put these, these these situations, situation, and it was paying off because, you know, like this is a spoiler, this is not a bad match, but because Imago is kind of such a monster and playing off the fact with, you know, Bobby Lashley, and Lashley, to his credit, is so incredibly young, and kind of thrust into the spotlight, and you can see it take time to kind of mature as well, you know? Yeah, what is he now, 24 at the moment? He must yeah, be, he's yeah. so young. I mean, he's really broke, broke the master lock, first man to do that. And of course, you throw in something like Stone Cold Steve Austin in there, it's a volatile uh, place, isn't it? And it's Trump. Is kind of, is this what should have led up to what's happening to Lashley now? Should uh, this have elevated him to kind of the next, the next plateau? Maybe, but maybe it was too much too soon. You know, that's why he left as well. Maybe he just thought he wasn't getting treated right in that position. Uh, I remember him having a great match with John Cena. So the talent was there, and then it kind of went away, became you know the MMA fighter that he was, and then the impact experience. And it seems the impact experience since helped. And another thing. Um, McIntyre and Ashley have already fought for a world title at pay-per-view. That was under Impact Wrestling. So they're going to do the same thing at WrestleMania. It seems to kind of get that... You need... It's all well and good coming after two, but it seems after all it has a problem. Even look at Batista, you know, going away in, in 2010 the way he did, you know, and having that break from wrestling, even though he got kind of pushed to the spotlight early on. And, some, and Brock Lesnar, he walked away as well. Well, after a couple of years of wrestling. So, there you go. I think it shows you sometimes too much too soon doesn't help out. So, you think it was best for Lashley that he didn't kind of use this momentum to go forward and capture the heavyweight championship? You think it's better for him to go to MMA, go to TNA, Impact, come back and then do it that way? Yeah, because now I think he'll be more successful in the spot. If he was champion back then... The fans would have shit all over it, and then that would have been him done. The thing with Cena that paid off 
is that they kind of stuck with him through thick and thin. They said, no, you're right. we don't care about the reactions now. At least you get one. We'll, we'll keep going through. And anybody else would have been turned heel at that time. And, you know, Vince tried, became ECW champion as well, didn't he? Let's not forget. Indeed, yes. Well, Vince McMahon, he's just making his entrance to the ring. He's picked up a pair of scissors and he's sh- imagining what it's going to be like to cut Donald Trump's famous quiff. And well, we see the uh, barber's chair as well coming down, being pulled down to the ring, it looks like. And Vince means business here tonight. He's not going to get his... Vince ain't there. There is no chance in hell. Damn it. Hey, Donald. I've got an idea for you, WrestleMania. (laughs) I want you to shave my head bald. Damn it. Shave me bald. China. (laughs) (laughs) That's what shoved his back. That's all he says back. Yeah, that's all he says. China. 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 That's just Donald Trump. So you're going to choose a wrestler. I'm going to choose a wrestler. They're going to fight. My wrestler's going to lose and you're going to shave me bald, damn it. You are bald, Donald. (laughs) Who's your wrestler, damn it? China. <laughs> She's dead, damn it. You she, sick bastard. She wasn't back here, so that would have made sense. <laughs> and she would have had a match with a mark at WrestleMania. It might not have worked out, but that's the way it goes. And they would have asked Trump afterwards, did you enjoy the match? And he would have gone, China. <laughs> but he comes in manga with um, his, oh my God, let me try and remember the guy's name. Armando <laughs> Estrada. I think. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So he comes out. Carrying the Intercontinental Championship. And this is the first and only time that the ECW and Intercontinental Champion met at WrestleMania. Well, that is quite an incredible little stat. I don't know if it's true or not. Well, it sounds it. I mean, where, sounds, where else well it? True. Did, where I else? That, did I deliver that with well, such confidence that else? you thought it was true? Yeah, this is the... And this is the second hair versus hair match at WrestleMania. Of course, the first one being... Molly... Yeah, Holly. Molly Holly. Unless there was one at WrestleMania 2 or 4 that I can't remember. Yeah, but I, I, watched, think there was. I watched that video and I was really disappointed. It's like... Uh, Molly Holly gets shaved bald, and I was like, sweet! <laughs> that Got out would that. you stop? Here comes Trump. With a woman who's not his wife? It might be Melania, but honestly, I was if I wouldn't. Real money falling from the skies. Yeah, that is real money. $100 bills. So how much is falling from the sky? It's $100 bills. Um, A lot. 100000 no, I wouldn't say that much. That's probably like, they probably found someone with a $100 bill. Look, there's a one there. Oh. Oh, I see. I've been hoodwinked by the shenanigans of professional wrestling there. Look, they found the only two people in the audience with $100 bills. $100 bill, y'all. Why is Trump being so rude for? I don't know. Well, maybe he's trying to scissor in. Well, Trump coming out and McMahon's going to have a game plan. Well, he's speaking to um, Armando Estrada. 
and he's uh, speaking some tactics for you. They might share a victory cigar after if all <laughs> things going well. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe they'll. And uh, I don't think um, you manga understands <laughs> what Vince McMahon's saying. They called him that. Regal. Yeah. And of course, uh, Trump. The only president to be impeached twice is here ready to put it all on the line. To put it, Is that a real head of hair, Dan, or has he had work? Oh, well, allegedly it is his real head of hair. But, you know, if that fucking moron ever becomes president, shove a pineapple up my ass. No, seriously, though. I'm talking because Vincent Mann's hair has always been accused of being a kind no, of wig. I think they're both real. You, you just you, seriously? Who would get a wig and have it fucking styled <laughs> like that? Seriously. Well, I suppose. I mean, it's not the best, is it? But and speaking of a man who didn't have to worry about that. So can I get this right? Bobby Lashley is representing Donald Trump and all that Donald Trump stands for. Yes. Right. Yeah. But here comes Trump's bald-headed warrior. He's going to uh, battle Umaga in uh, action. And Lashley, impressive physique. You know, you know, it you makes know. sense that he's actually, Donald Trump's camp is going up against a foreigner. Well. He's got an American man in his corner and he's going up a fo- going up against a foreigner. This is the only place Donald Trump would be the baby face. Um, so this is the only kind of organisation. It has to be professional wrestling for anybody to see Trump otherwise. indeed well the thing is should they put both titles on the line or is it not about that is the hair versus hair the hair versus hair I think having titles on the line it would kind of take away from the titles not that the ECW title really means too much you know again no disrespect to Bobby Lashley and I don't know the Intercontinental title wasn't really doing much at this moment in time either was it not really, uh, when you think about it. Like, there are kind of a lot of titles around at this moment, and I think it's still the case nowadays as well, where maybe championships aren't what they uh, used to mean. Have they been watered down too much? I mean, like, you know, when there was kind of like three main titles, the heavyweight, the mid-card, and then the tag team titles, and you had the women's title, I think that would be perfect. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think sometimes you can get a bit... Confused, you know, you just want to go for the kind of the main title there. And Lashley does look young. There might be, it must be huge pressure on his shoulders to kind of not fuck this up. You know what I mean? Like not in a, not in a way of a win or losing, but just putting in a good performance and showing that you're worth it. Well, if anything's going to get viewed, you know, multiple times, it's going to be the match involving the president of the United States. You know, it's not often go back and go, oh, yeah, I watched the President of the United States get a stone-cold stunner. <laughs> it's like, what? What? Yeah. You're you like, know. You're like, goddamn kid. Jesus Christ, at, son. At one point in this match, I do believe Donald Trump actually Lufez presses Vince McMahon and takes him down and starts raining him with There are hands. some of the worst punches in the history I of I know, punches. but he's, he's going to become the fucking president, James. Well, but the thing is, they were real. And the thing in is... In 10 years' time... If you're going to throw real punches... That man is one of the most powerful world. If you're going to throw real punches, why don't you just throw them properly? I don't understand. Well, Austin here, and he's got experience, and he's... Uh, Going to be in control here. What a reaction it is for Stone Cold. Well, if anyone's going to be able to keep Umaga and Lashley 
Vince McMahon and Donald Trump in check, it is the only man that could whip all four of their asses together. And the thing is, as well, is that, you know, Austin's obviously career at WrestleMania came to WrestleMania 18. But since then, you know, Goldberg Lesnar is a special enforcer. Special enforcer here, uh, King versus Cole at WrestleMania. He's been called upon at these times as a special referee. Is You know, does that work out well for him? Is it good that we see him, hits a couple of stunners, job done then, you know? I think it's brilliant because, again, you know, despite him being retired, despite him being a few years away from the ring, he's still someone that no one is going to fuck with because, bang, you can get hit with a stunner like that. That's why they put him in charge of these, you know, matches. <clears throat> um, you know, again, as far as respect goes, it's not kind of thing you're not going to see, even though The Undertaker's retired now, you're not going to see him refereeing matches. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah it you would know, work out well, wouldn't Michaels, it? You might see you might see Triple H refereeing a match. Um, but, you know, there are a, f- a few former wrestlers that you wouldn't see in charge. So here we go. It is all on the line here. Will McMahon end up bald by the end of the night? It's been guaranteed. But one way or another, there's going to be a shaven tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and it's down to a mugger to put on a performance with Lashley as well, like we talk about. But the, the, the cameras at ringside, the you know the, the people watching. And let's not forget WrestleMania. I think at this point in time... Biggest buy rate in history. And this may do with it, obviously, could involvement of Trump versus McMahon. And Stone Cold being there as well. You always know if Stone Cold's there, there's going to be a stunner or two. And don't get me wrong, the top matches are great, but some people could argue that this was the kind of real main event because of the build-up and because of what would happen after the match as well. Do you think that unfairly takes away from the likes of um, the Royal Rumble winner going f- uh, going against the heavyweight champion or, you know, the championship main event? Do you think that's kind of like pulling focus or do you think a WrestleMania, it needs a match like this alongside a couple of, to- you know, the, the heavyweight title matches? I think it maybe sometimes a WrestleMania will need that, but I think WrestleMania at this moment kind of sells itself as opposed to kind of having that marquee matchup. I think maybe that's what's missing for the business to be, be even better. But where else would it take place? Well, I'm saying have the match for WrestleMania, but then have that marquee match for the WWE Championship in its place. That's why we talk about the great WrestleManias had these great matches. That could have spite. You know, you've got the TLC match, but then the main event knocked out of the park as well. So, as long as that happens, unlike you get WrestleMania 18, where you get like Hogan Rock, which is an attraction, kind of getting outweighed by the well-told, you know, WWE title in the main event. But what about the Mayweather Big Show match? Next year's Mania 24, isn't it? Yeah, WrestleMania yeah. 24, yeah. Next year's Mania. Big, oh, fucking, fucking hell. hell. <laughs> wow, Umaga just come charging <laughs> towards Lashley, who managed to, just before he got there, drop down, grab the top rope, and Umaga's just front-flipped over the top rope. And I mean, a man his size, Oh my! that is an word. impressive bump. And I think as he hit his ass down, his head whiplashed against the floor. Well, Lash- his manager's out cold. Yeah, Lashley took out his strada. Umaga's still not backing down, not taking no shit. Climbing back into the ring. Cigars all over the shop. Well, Australia won't be a problem. We saw a little bit of altercation between Lashley and Austin as well. 
So what is it? The Samoan Spike against the Dominator? Yeah, that's what the two is at the moment. As Lashley speeds. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> well, he didn't quite go over the top. He went through the second row, but he actually flew further than Umaga, far enough to hit the chair. <laughs> and Vince McMahon's visuals, his face was like a Cheshire cat. <laughs> he loves it. Oh, <laughs> my God. Lashley went the floor, damn it. flying. God. That's going to leave a mark. As Umaga throws Lashley back in. And Umaga just looks so imposing. <laughs> Absolutely. He looks really unhinged as well. You know, he's... It's a face paint. It's a Samoa tattoo. It's... Yeah. He just looks really daunting. Well, Vincent Mann seems happy as Umaga now choking out Bobby Lashley. <laughs> he's got a big grin on his face. He's smirking. No, he hasn't. He, James, he's just happy that Umaga's beating Bobby Lashley. And now Austin talked to Umaga, and I don't think Umaga's going to take that too kindly. I don't think Stone Cold gives a flying. Well, I think with Austin, you can see there's a reason why he's put in there. Indeed, yeah, he's not going to take no shit. And if anyone's going to break the five count, he ain't going to disqualify him. He's just going to grab him by his hair. <laughs> tell him to get off. Austin's like, I've told you. Don't. He's not even, look, Austin's not even blinking. He wants Umarka to hit him, I think. Well, if he does do that, then Austin is allowed to hit with a Stone Cold Stunner. Indeed. But no altercation just yet. Trump telling Bobby to catch his breath back. So, Bulldog Mania. You see, just like that, Umaga, a couple of strikes from Lashley, one for Umaga. And McMahon's like, yep, yeah, job done at the moment. You would think it would take a big mistake for Umaga now for Lashley to get back in this one. What can Lashley do from here, from the bottom up? I don't know, you know, he's kind of... He's not in his MMA mentality yet, is he? You know, working from a ground unit up. Um, he's young, he's inexperienced, where Umaga, I think he's got a bit more experience than Bobby Lashley. Um, I don't know, I just think, yeah, Lashley needs Umaga to make a mistake. Well, this is the thing, and at this moment, he is not staying on him, taking the breath out of the body. I don't know, though, it looks, uh, you know, the looks Umaga's giving Austin, I think he wants to uh, deliver a Samoan spike straight to the throat of the rattlesnake. No, James, that is not a euphemism. That is actually his move. <laughs> now Lashley trying to fight back. It's all about the comebacks. Oh. A drop. I can't remember the country it originates from, though. <laughs> Jamaican, Norwegian, Swedish drop. Well, it's the Swedish drop. Oh, no, you've got me saying it. Now the uh, <laughs> drop by Marga taking all the breath out of Lashley. And Trump's got to worry. I mean... Would he dare to try and have any involvement with Umaga whatsoever? I mean, talk about the hair being shaved. You don't want the head ripped off, do you? Oh, I don't know. You know, he's uh, he's not a stupid man, is he, Donald Trump? I mean, he's not the kind of man that would go around advising people bleaching to their veins or something, would he? <laughs> I mean, you know, he's not that stupid. And especially being one of the most powerful men in America at that time and having loads of people listening to you. Well, I think that's a bit stupid for McMahon. Umaga's in complete control. 
jumped off of the apron and then Lashley knocked him off. Oh, that's a very innovative uh, face-first plant. Margaret delivered to uh, Lashley. Oh, Trump's trying to talk Bobby back into this. One of his motivational speeches. About Margaret going up to finish it all off. Oh, no, not steady on his feet. Lashley's copped hold of him. Throws him off the top turnbuckle. Charging towards him. Turns Lashley <laughs> inside out. Uh, turns Umaga inside out, sorry. It just shows you the kind of uh, agility and flexibility of Umaga as well. Absolutely. And I've got to say, I do love his trunks with his face on the leg of him. I think that looks awesome. Well, Margaret is definitely bringing it here tonight. Seven. Eight. Nine. <laughs> nah. Austin's not having that. Well, I think both Vince would have been happy to call this off a null and void. But Austin's not having it. One man is getting his head shaved bald. And that's the bottom line, James. What? Because Stone Cold <laughs> said so. That's what Austin is saying. One man is going to leave the building looking like me. As Shane now comes down to have a word with Vince. Wow. His hair is black. I forgot his hair used to be black. Well, he's getting a little bit, tiny little bit grey there, but not what it is obviously now. He's had a rough few years as Lashley gets caught with a huge uppercut. Upper what? <laughs> Well, Shane, of course, has helped his dad out in a few uh, wars, and why wouldn't he be down here? Indeed, he has every reason to be out here wearing a suit jacket and jeans and shirt. Smart cash. It is smart cash. Yeah, where he's uh, he's going out clubbing at ten, but he uh, <laughs> he wants he's to come here. WrestleMania at six. <laughs> yeah, he wants the party afterwards. But Shane O'Mac, there, he's getting involved. Don't like Austin dragging off his dad's competitor. And Austin saying, "Let Shane jog on." Oh. But Austin turning right round into a Samoan spike. Thumb straight to the throat. Now what does that mean? Shane's in the ring. Austin down and it's turned into a handicap match now. Shane wants him to get up. Hurts Bobby. Oh, Shane now with a bit of stick in the moving. Hitting the lefts, hitting the lefts. Chucking the jive. Bang. Right to the midsection. Rocking and rolling, but Lashley catches hold of Shane O'Mac. Oh. Looking for a belly-to-belly -belly throw, but Umaga gets up. And now Young McMahon and Umaga both beating down Bobby Lashley. Well, we know what's going to come now. Umaga looking to squash Lashley in the corner. For Samoa! His head whiplashed back, and now in perfect position. Wow. I mean, uh, if only there was a trash can right underneath the... What? I think it's written into the contract that uh, Shane McMahon, every time he appears, needs to either hit a coast-to-coast -coast or the elbow drop through the announce table. Uh, so I think this by, you know, this is just, you know, standard procedure, basically. Hey, that's why he's wearing trainers. And Shane saying, Trump, I don't like you. Trump says... China. <laughs> now Shane going up. Coast to coast time. 
Boom. And that is all she wrote. Donald Trump, your heed is getting shaved. The McMahon plan has worked. Wait a minute. Shane taking off his jacket. Oh, I think he's getting a bit sweaty underneath all that garb. Taking off his shirt. And buttoning the sleeves. And oh my God. I think I know. Yeah, there you go. Revealing a referee shirt. Yeah, they're Very sneaky. All in cahoots. They was indeed. Yep, you can't come into Vince McMahon's backyard and put one over on the old Vinster. Don't shit on my doorstep, mate. And that's what Margaret's thinking right now. Do you know what Donald Trump's thinking, James? China. China. And now Margaret off the top splash. Mullen splash. Shane counting. One, two. No! Uh-uh. Austin is up. Uh-uh. <laughs> and he's opening a can of whoop ass on Shane O'Mac. Throws him into the still stairs. All right, that's one person dealt with. Austin thinks Shane is number one. Umaga hits another <laughs> uppercut to Austin, who goes down quicker than he got up. Well, Vince loves that, Austin. What's going on over here? China. And now Umaga in complete control, even though surrounded by three men down. Now Vince talking smack. Oh! oh! And a takedown from go, Trump. Shit, they are. And the worst right hands ever <laughs> from the President of the United <laughs> States of America, ladies and gentlemen. Trump had enough. Oh, Umaga's got hold of the rattlesnake, though. Simone Spike's going to finish it. Austin Ducks. <laughs> kick oh. to the midsection. Stunner! <laughs> Well, Marga's not down yet. Here comes Lashley. Boom. Spear off the rope. One, two, three. Wow. I forgot how fun that match was. That was really good. It was entertaining. Man, look at everybody. Look at the man. Look at the pictures. I love it. Where's the big gulp? Look at the face. Big but gulp. McMahon cannot believe it. Well, Lashley wins, but man can't believe it. Indeed, yes. And I think after tonight, if Vince McMahon wants to run his fingers through his hair, he's going to have to cut holes in his trouser pockets. So what did you think of that matchup in itself before we get to the head shaving? I actually didn't think it was too bad. It was entertaining. It, it was fun. It, you know, you you got to kind of take this with a pinch of salt. I mean... The outside work, yeah, you know, Donald Trump, he's not really a wrestler. I don't think he's ever kind of laid a punch on anyone in his life. So, you know, you kind of got to forgive him for not being up to scratch, you know. He's he's a billionaire with a... Just fucking about, really, isn't it? <laughs> well, no, it was a great match, but man trying to escape. Austin not having that. Man's got nowhere to go. Between a stone and a hard place. Stone cold, hard place. <laughs> and McMahon now. Oh, Shane O'Max in the ring, though, beating up Austin. Vince McMahon making a hasty retreat. Fez press from Austin, though. Well, Shane getting taken to town. Austin dropping the elbow. And I don't think he's finished there yet. 
Stunner. Shane McMahon leaves the ring via a stunner. And look at Mrs. McMahon trying to crawl away. And at the moment, slowly getting up. Well, I think Austin might have forgotten about him. Trump and Lashley celebrating. Well, Vince McMahon's sneaking away like the Repo Man. (laughs) (laughs) Repo Man. Repo Man. Austin celebrating. With Trump and Lashley, they're all standing tall. Oh, what's the Donald sin? What's the rattlesnake sin? Well, Austin can't run. Trump can't run. McMahon thinks he's got away with it. Well, he's waving uh, goodbye. And he's getting out of getting his head shaved. But Lashley, he's making his way towards Vinnie Mac. Uh, look how quick Lashley's running. <laughs> but man can't get away. <laughs> Lashley chucking the owner of WWE over his shoulder <laughs> in his first WrestleMania. And he gets to do this. Well, what a moment it is for Bobby Lashley there. That's a good performance of the man getting brought back to the ring. Yeah, but back to the match again, it wasn't too bad. I mean, you know, I didn't think Umaga was that bad a performer anyway. You know, he was deceptively quick. He was quite agile for his size as well. Again, you know, another classic, brilliant Samoan wrestler. And Bobby Lashley, you know, for a youngster with this much pressure on his shoulder, I think he performed well. He managed, you know, to hold up a decent match. No fuck-ups, no botches, you know. Everything went smoothly and... Especially, like, you know, this match is going to be quite profilific as well for, you know, not only Donald Trump, Vince McMahon, but Lashley and Umaga and Austin as well. Yeah, and what a moment there, McMahon backing up into Stone Cold and realising it was him because he felt the bald head. And unfortunately, that means a Stone Cold stunner for Mr. McMahon. And he's down. But yeah, like to talk about the match itself, I think it's really, really enjoyable. I think if I'm going to give it out of five... I think I'll give that a four out of five because I think it paid off. The outside interference actually helped the match. We involved with Shane and then Austin involved and even the Trump thing, so that was enjoyable. Where are you going to score it? Yeah, I'd agree with you. Four out of five. You know, it wasn't a, an over-the-top great match. You know, it was just two big guys. It was flawless, though, giving it that. And, you know, I do like this after it as well. I think this kind of helps bump up the score. You know, whenever you're going to see the President of the United States of America <laughs> shaving the owner of one of the biggest brands in the world. Yeah, and it's not like a uh, Jeff Jarrett haircut, a T, where you just get a crew cut. He's actually going to get shaved bald. And look at that visual there. Like I said, Lashley and Trump with Austin holding him. And he's, yeah, he's brilliant. And he's, like I said, completely shaved bald. You know, and for for a billionaire owner of a company, he doesn't need to do this. I mean, WrestleMania is going to sell out regardless. WrestleMania is going to have a lot of eyes on it. You know, he's he's probably doing this to make a bit more money. You know, it's going to be a bit more brand recognition. It's going to get a lot more eyes on it. Yeah, but you know, for him to get his head shaved. Yeah. And then I think he comes out the next night and Rory's got a wig on or something, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. or he's got something over well, his head. Yeah, and he starts wearing that black bandana and the coffee. ECW Championship, but like you said, in the middle of the ring to get shaven. And, and now, like you said, Trump is um, outnumbered the three ball guys to one now with uh, Vince McMahon's haircut. 
But like I said, this is all over the place in the press as well. Like I said, all over the world. Like people spoke about this. This is why it's got the most buys as well because this was what everybody wanted to see. And WWE, all the people say they paid off. You know, they got what they paid to see. This is what was advertised. This is what happened. So do you think this is why they're kind of actually giving him a complete head shave? Well, I think that's quite a funny visual as well. But man, getting the cream on him. Donald Trump creaming on McMahon's head. Yeah, then shaving. They're actually shaving him as well. They got the Gillette Mac 3 Turbo. That was actually my razor of choice back <laughs> in the day. But yeah, they are, they've are. they actually got razors out. They've shaving creamed. This man, I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this, damn Is McMahon maybe at his best as well with the uh, kind of reactions that he's given in this one, it is uh, He is really actually fun. brilliant with his visuals as well. And it, again, he's he is completely taking the piss out of himself. Austin's loving life, beer in his hand. <laughs> Austin just having a cold one, watching his boss get shaved bald. And, you know, after everything Austin has called McMahon, there is no surprise that he's front and centre whilst this happens as well. Like, talk about story. Here we go. The, the moment of truth for Vince... And the song, I like the song. I've got the bald headed blues, <laughs> and it's got like a little harmonica. Well, but man's going to see himself for the very first time. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually shaved. Brilliant. Well, you can see the reaction from the crowd as well. It's setting in now, isn't it? <laughs> I think this is probably one of the best reactions you could ever give. <laughs> Austin, help him out a bit, mate. <laughs> well, Austin making sure the chair went as the chairman fell. And Vince skirtles out of the ring. <laughs> yeah. Well, Vincent Mann is shaved bald, probably the most embarrassing moment of his career down at WrestleMania 23. But again, as a moment, this is what WrestleMania 23 gets remembered for, doesn't it, really? Absolutely, yeah. Like I said, there's some great matches, but this moment with Mr. McMahon and now all three sharing a beer. Absolutely. Donald Trump with his, uh, his gladiator got him victory, saved his hair, and now he gets to share a Beer with one of the most powerful men in the United States of America. I mean, Trump is covered in uh, shaving gel and beer and, and sweat, but he doesn't mind it either because he gets to see Vincent Mann. <laughs> with his head. And like he says, arrive, shave head, leave. And that's what Austin has done here tonight. Well, he didn't even drink it. He just threw it. That is so disrespectful. Well, I think Austin drank his, though, so... Oh! Yes! No! Donald got the stunner! No! <laughs> Austin's reaction to it, absolutely priceless. <laughs> well, at least Trump tried to sell it, bless him. I forgot about that. Did you not really? Oh, I've honestly forgot about the stunner. I was waiting for That's it. It's hilarious. Austin's reaction is the best as well. My God, Bobby Lashley. I mean, you see why Austin was like, right, I'm even going to do, I'm going to do Donald. I'll do Donald. <laughs> <laughs> and a stunner there. And Austin with a cherry on top. Going to share a beer with the fans. 
So the only one Stone Cold didn't stun him out there was Bobby Lashley. Yeah, he knew he was going to be champion. Yeah, he left Lashley. He left Lashley. He did Shane, Vince, Trump, and Umaga. It's been some night for Stone Cold. Four stunners. Look at Trump's right hands as well. Oh my God, terrible. The spike attempt and the stunner. stunner. That was actually a good sell for that stunner as well. Perfectly set up for that. And what won him the uh, WWE Championship? Actually, no, he won it with the uh, Hurt Lock. But still, anyway, he still hits the spear. You can see it, how the impact has. And now shaven head. Quite incredible. You know, at the moment, like I said, with WrestleMania, matches in. And it has been a great mania so far with 23. It was still oh, done good. You've done good, but it's still... Good. The main event needs to deliver, you I'll know. I'll definitely redeem myself from WrestleMania 9. No, WrestleMania 7 was a big... Because, you know, WrestleMania 7 was... Had a couple of moments on it, but, you know. It is well it is, as they say. And you can see there's going to be a clean-up crew in there. Maybe you have to just change the mat, get it. I don't think you can really... Ch- I mean, you can't tie They've got it. about six or seven layers on anyway, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. They've got to kind of change that now, get ready for the next match. Which is? But man, the Women's Championship or the Divas title, whatever they want to call it at this moment, is on the line next. And then it's the main event. Yeah. And then... Well, as I said, it's flown by, hasn't it? It It's flown by. It's Watch Along WrestleMania. We hope you're all listening and watching along on the network. And of course, like I said, with two matches left now. Oh, young John Cena. And of course, I remember wrestling in the garden when I was a child. James, you was an only child. I yes, I, I wrestled by myself. Uh, but well, you know, did, didn't your uncle Stan used to come round in his leotard? I cannot confirm or deny. Or was that just in the shed? I'm not allowed to legally because it's going through court proceedings. You're not allowed to talk about it. I was never champion duration. I can tell you that with my own imaginary friends. Uh, we've got coming up, like I said, Michael Cole and JBL now, and they're talking about what a huge night it's been and a successful WrestleMania. And of course, let's not forget earlier tonight, we had this huge, I mean, look at the talent on show here. Chris Masters, you've got Viscera, that, uh, Sylvain Grenier. Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. Yeah, Ric Flair. No, they was in action. It was Hurricane, Shane Helms and Chavo against Carlito and Ric Flair in a lumberjack tag match. Oh, well, that makes more sense. So, because Ric Flair said to Carlito that he didn't have respect for the business, so teaming up together Back makes sense. Two, three. Oh, look, the Miz there. He's involved. And we see... Snitsky as well. Wow, there's a lot of talent that didn't make it there. I mean, we talked all that talent did not make it through. There was no kind of success from there. Indeed. But I think Carlito and Flair's are tag team the weirdest tag team maybe of all time. I don't think it makes much sense. <clears throat> but, you know, hey-ho. Well, they're just resetting at the moment. They're just kind of going through what we've seen. Of course, what we've seen is we started off with the Money in the Bank ladder match. And then, of course, Kane versus Carly, who can forget the slam, heard round the world. And then, of course, MVP versus Benoit. Taker versus uh, Batista. 
East W Originals versus the uh, New Breed, and of course, then Umaga versus Lashley with McMahon getting his head shaved. And right now, the Divas are coming out here. How many of them can you name? Well, there's Mickey, Mickey James. James. There's Victoria. Well, if they get a fucking close-up of them, maybe I can see them. Is that Layla? Yeah, that's Layla. That's Tori. Tori. Mickey James. Mickey James again. <laughs> She's in there twice. She's in the front <laughs> and the back. How long is that fucking line? Marie. Oh, that's Marie. Yeah, that's your favourite. There's Mickey James again. <laughs> Third time. Candice LeRae. No, Candice Michelle. Wasn't Mickey... I swear to God, Mickey James <laughs> yeah, was at the front. She was at the Mickey front. James led them all out and then Mickey <laughs> James was at the back. She went round quickly. And she's like on a confuser. Oh, that's Layla. Yeah, Kelly Kelly. And it's going to be, I guess, a Lumberjack match. Lumberjill match. Lumberjill. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, um... What's her name? What's her name? I don't know. The crazy one. What crazy one? Oh. There's Gillian Hall. She got her face fixed off. Fox, is it? No, 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 no. Here we go. And again, unfortunately, we lost uh, Ashley Mazzaro a couple of years ago. But again, the rest of my opinions. What are your thoughts on her? I thought she was cool. You know, I dug her look. I thought she was, um, wasn't too bad in the ring. I like the pop punk rock gimmick as well. Yeah, and of course, she had a Playboy appearance uh, as part of WWE. It, she wasn't too bad. You know, we don't see many punks, do we? No. I mean, you know, kind of Rare Ripley nowadays. Um, Tony Stormish. Tony Stormish. Yeah, and of course, like I said, in, uh, a lot of talent uh, here. But she was of, an ECW uh, female, wasn't she? Yes. And what I was going to say is that like, look at the talent there. You look at the difference between women's revolution, you can see it changes. But is Melina one of those that if she was around nowadays could still take part in the women's revolution? Because she was quite a talented worker by all means. She was, yeah, she was She was fairly, I think she was kind of um, more known for being a valet to uh, Eminem really, as opposed to kind of her own standout self. I remember as women's champion, she had a little bit of success. She had a weird storyline with Batista as well. I don't know if that was based on her yeah. real life or not. But she's a little bit of talent to come back in the fold in recent times. But, I mean, these are kind of the uh, forgotten moments in, in women's wrestling in WWE, isn't it? You know. Would you have ever said that Cena versus Ashley is actually a WrestleMania match? Well, you would have probably said that. And would you have said the women will main event WrestleMania one day? No, at this point that. in time. I wouldn't time. have said women would have their own pay-per-view either. <laughs> you know, like, it's it's complete, like, the change for good, like I said, in 13 years, you know, they were the main event of the WrestleMania within the next 12. So, you know, that, that's quite an impressive feat for the, for the division. And it shows the talent that's that's there and has helped them in the past, you know? Absolutely, yeah. But, you know, these, a lot of these are forgotten women around the ring as well. Well, I said that we don't, we, you know, because they... Aside from Mickey James, um, I think Tori Wilson's come out for a, a Women's Royal Rumble, but the others, they've kind of, you know, they're not really... But they don't get any time, do they? No. Like I said, that's what Divas matches were. Even like this one. How long is this? Probably, what, seven minutes? Uh, if that, you know. It's like I said, like two or three minutes. There, you know, just to kind of fill the hole. It's not any character development, and it's not anything like that. Uh, and this is why it doesn't make sense. You can see they're kind of rushing through already in this matchup. 
And again, this is another reset. We know we've got the main event to come. And this is, you know, to get ready for it. Is a WrestleMania load better at three hours, four hours, or five hours? Does it depend? I you think know. this is brilliant. I think this has flown along organically. You know, you've kind of, you've not had too many backstage segments. You know, you've not had like these massive interview things. You've not kind of had loads going on. You've got, you know, it's just flown along really nicely. I think it's been brilliant. There's not been an excess of matches. I think all the matches there for where they were and what they was doing have been kind of necessary. You know, you've had a big match filler, big match filler, big match filler. And it's worked out brilliantly like that. Yeah, I think it's worked out well to this point. We see Melina now just going for the attack. When we see her going for the swing. Throwing Ashley across the ring. I see Melina's uh, quite a fan of swingers anyway, so. We see her go for a cover. Again, is it a fact of just like not enough time and a style as well? This is. It was a difference between women's wrestling and kind of normal wrestling. I know Melina's trying, I suppose. And I, I don't mean any disrespect here anyway. I know that normally like comes before someone's going to say something majorly <laughs> offensive. Majorly offensive. But it seems like these these women, they're not wrestling. They're kind of bitch fighting. I would agree with you there, yeah. You know, again, in the most respectful way properly, I think, you know, that's kind of what they've been told backstage. You know, look, you're not, you're not here to wrestle. They want to see a cat fight. They want to see a woman fight. You know, they want to see hair pulling, scratching, you know, things like that. So I'd rather see two women have a wrestling match. Without a doubt. And I think that's what WWE realised finally about the fans, whereas rather having like this and talking about Playboy, actually have a proper competitive match-up, Fans will get invested in it as long as you've got the right characters developed, as we have now. Indeed, again, you know, and these kind of matches, I know they, they are a step in the right direction, don't get me wrong, you know. This is not a bikini match, it's not a good housekeeping match, it's actually a wrestling match. But, again, I'd like to see a wrestling match and not a girl fight. Yeah, I, I mean, and this is what it is at the moment. You can tell everybody's just kind of waiting for the finishes, Ashley, now. Might roll up Melina. No, but Melina rolling it through. And there you go. Reaching out, and that is free. Yep. Love Jack didn't really even get involved. Different pin attempt there gets the job done. And um, Ashley's upset, but Melina gets the win. I don't think there's anything to be upset about, really. No, she got pinned for free. She lost the match. She has no reason to be upset. Well, and there's a big fight after the match. I can't help but think all these Lumberjills are going to get involved as Mickey James throws her in. Oh, there we go. Now it's all kicking off. All hell's breaking loose. And a lot of these are wearing high heels and short skirts. I don't know how that's going to... Oh, that's how it's going to work. Oh, there you go. Okay, well, I was saying earlier this is a step up from like a bra and panties match, but I've seen a few thongs. So, yeah, it's not really a step up, unfortunately. Well, like we say, better times are ahead for the women's division. And, uh, like I said, bright times still in the future for that. Uh, overall, this match, Dan, we are going to give it out of five? And what are your thoughts? Um, you know? Unfortunately, you know, again, I don't, I don't think it's down to the competitors. I think it's down to kind of... 
the string pullers that have kind of sexualized these women. So the match, you know, two and a quarter, two and a half, if that. Yeah, I'm going to give that two and a quarter as well. So I, I didn't think we'd see a match worse than um, Carly versus Kane, but then this came along and said, hold my beer. So I guess uh, that is the case. That's it, we are nearly ready for the main event of WrestleMania. As we see Shawn Michaels all growing up. And uh, between Shawn Michaels and John Cena, who are you backing watching this one for the very first time on DVD? Who did you want to win? Not who did you think would win, who did you want to win? I wanted Shawn Michaels to win. I would have backed Shawn Michaels. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's just I, I, I love Shawn Michaels' determination. I love the way you know when he wants something, he wants it more than anyone in the world. And you can tell, you know, you can kind of praise him for his passion. Um, John Cena, eighty-four percent, no, seventy-three, sixty-four, fifty-nine, forty-one. Whoa. Very close. So that's a lot closer. <laughs> Do you think they did the polls and then when they worked out this was a close one, they stuck that in the main event? Just in case they thought, you know, which way it was going to go. I, I think you might be on to a, yeah. Yeah. Interesting thing that they asked, but up next we are all growing up and it is a WWE Championship on the line. John Cena versus Shawn Michaels. So I hope this story then, Dan, tell us a, a little bit more about this main event, John Cena and Shawn Michaels. Um, well, there was a uh, a triple threat match between Edge, Randy Orton and uh, Shawn Michaels to see who would face John Cena at WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels managing to prevail, getting a super kick and pin on Randy Orton, thus giving him the opportunity to face John Cena for the WWE Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania. Well, there was a more of an underlying story to this, and I think this is about being the face of the company. And let's not forget WrestleMania 12, Shawn Michaels. You know, boyhood dream had come true. Fast forward WrestleMania 21, the same has happened to John Cena. John Cena now is the kind of next big thing, so to speak, the face of the company in the main event. And does he look at Shawn Michaels? Does Shawn Michaels look at himself as mainly past it? And this is about not just past performances, but what Mr. WrestleMania can do on the biggest stage of them all and still beat John Cena and walk out WWE champion. Is this more Shawn Michaels proving something to Shaw's as opposed to proving it to everyone that knows he's kind of one of the greatest of all time? You know, this is the thing, you know, if you look at Shawn Michaels' history at WrestleMania, we talk about the series of matches he's got coming up with The Undertaker into retirement, but... You know, against John Cena here, previous year against Mr. McMahon at WrestleMania 22. The classic against Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 21. The triple threat main event at WrestleMania 20. And the comeback with Chris Jericho in at WrestleMania 19. It's been some career. Michaels, do you prefer though, the kind of earlier Shawn Michaels or this later on where he kind of matured a little bit? I do like the kind of matured I've seen God Shawn Michaels. I think that's kind of... Quite a good image, you know, he's more of a clean cut, he's less of a dickhead because there's a lot of backstage stories about how people didn't like working with Michaels. But obviously later on in his career, especially up to now, he's kind of teaching the youngsters in NXT to trade as opposed to being a self-centred dick like he used to be. And this is the weird thing, these guys are faces at this moment in time. So, you know, the story is like, well, Sean be the dick and attack Cena from behind or will he be straight up? And the fact is, I think Cena... It, I, uh, with Shawn Michaels, it might be better off playing Hill. Do you think WWE ever made a mistake 
of never maybe turning John Cena at this point because at the moment he's been kind of on top now since you know like we say WrestleMania 21. Is it a case of them just know we're going to keep going with it, or should they have changed that up? Um, I've always thought they should kind of uh, give John Cena the edge. The kind of I think they should have pulled with John Cena the trigger they've pulled with Roman Reigns, kind of capitalising on the booze, capitalising because. You know, whether you like to admit it or not, John Cena and Roman Reigns are two very similar figures in the fans' eyes. You know, they're the men that Vince McMahon has primed, ready for it. They've gone the booze. Instead of John Cena embracing it, going, yeah, come on, bring on the booze. Instead of Roman Reigns doing that same thing, he's like, right, well, they're going to boo me enough for the turn here and they're going to have a reason to boo me. Well, Shawn Michaels coming out with DX music. Of course, he was part of DX and rated RKO feud until Triple H got injured. It's interesting to think what might have happened there. So, Shawn Michaels, despite Triple H being out injured, despite being tag team champion with John Cena, a man who's not affiliated with DX, is coming out to DX Music. Yeah, and this is the thing, and uh, trying to get close, was there maybe story for Triple H versus John Cena again, or did Michaels find himself in this kind of position? And, and it's interesting, because we talk about main events of WrestleMania, we talk about the kind of ones that we remember. Why is WrestleMania 23 main event, or maybe it isn't, kind of get forgotten about the way it does um I, I don't i think it's because it's kind of it's quite a mild one it is just two guys slugging it out as opposed to kind of like a drastic heel turn or a drastic switch around or a drastic return or a drastic someone else getting involved or a drastic something else kind of you know a, a higher stipulation it's not got any of that it is just a genuine fight between two guys yeah, well, I think this is the interesting thing. And with Michaels, like we mentioned, triple threat match, main event, and at WrestleMania 20, the uh, last time he main evented the one-on-one match. It's interesting we talked about the Undertaker only, you know, with Batista going back to WrestleMania 13. WrestleMania 14, Michaels versus Austin, where, of course, he was WWF champion at the time. But he has won the title before, as we talked about, at WrestleMania 12. And, of course, WrestleMania 10, the ladder match. With the Undertaker, with Michaels, he's synonymous with this event. What, why do you think that is? Why do you think at this time of year, Michaels ups his game? Um, I, I think it's because he knows what WrestleMania means to everyone. You know, this is the grandest stage of them all. You know, for, for wrestlers like Shawn Michaels, who kind of their main goal is to be at WrestleMania, is to be the best at WrestleMania, because they've been in so many. They know what it takes to kind of win at WrestleMania. Um, you know, they know what it means to everyone. They know that at this time in the year... More than any other, there is going to be a lot more eyes on them, a lot more eyes on the product. There's a lot more pressure on them. And, you know, the likes of Shawn Michaels, the likes of Undertaker, the people that step it up to this higher level, it's because they know what's to be expected of them. Yeah, I think without a doubt, and I think we can see that with Michaels coming out here meaning business. And, of course, uh, a great entrance from the, the Heartbreak Kid coming out here. And like I said, a lot of you pressure. You think that's a great entrance? Well, that's what I say to you. Is this again one of the most forgotten moments in WrestleMania history? Because you look back, we've had some great moments here tonight, and this entrance you were saying to me is one of your favourites. It is, yeah. You know, I like it. It's it's nothing too extravagant, but I, I feel it's like kind of in part as well because you know the movies based around this kind of entrance are quite big at the moment. You know, and it's not a load of John Cena's lying in the ring. You know, it's not someone um, riding down on a motorbike. It is different well i think with cena he's had a lot of great wrestlemania entrances like i said i remember having the band but playing them out to the ring as well uh you know and, and stuff like this and i think with cena maybe it's special and isn't it weird that 
we're just about to see the entrance from Cena, and now he's in actual Fast and the Furious movie coming up, which is the next one. Is that just, you know... James, nothing I do is ever sheer luck. <laughs> right? And it may or may not have anything to do with his driving that he drives in. The f- no, I'm not joking. No, he's not. Is it? I don't even know what vehicle that is. It's a black one, uh, isn't it? It's a Stang. Mustang. All oh, right. So it's driving through the streets. It's a muscle car, that is. It's not a... Like a... But Ford was founded in Detroit, though, and that's the Detroit... Yeah, still mo- city. Yeah, still it's, city. it's a Shelby GT. Mustang so, Shelby. So there we go. We see it driving through the streets... Wheel spinning around, screeching its tyres, skidding to a halt in front of Ford Field. <laughs> He's coming inside. I think he must have been running late. Oh, yeah. It's a bit They've got cameras out in the street, isn't it? And now driving through. They've got cameras everywhere catching this, I luckily. Know, yeah. Oh. There you go, car slamming on the brakes. Is he asking for directions? What? I don't know. Oh. Burnout. Smashing through glass. Is Austin coming down? Well, WrestleMania 23 glass smashed. I can't see anyone. Well, John Cena music hits. And he's getting a chorus of booze and cheers. And it's and John, the car. John Cena. So, look, Dan, I'm not going to ruin the magic. That was a great entrance. Do you think the little while it took was for the guy to hide in the back while Cena got into the front seat? No, I think they cut it just before he drove through the glass. But that's a different point. Um, <laughs> no, saying that, saying that, John Cena is actually a big, uh, they call it in America, gearheads, petrol heads. He loves his cars and that. And it probably wouldn't surprise me to know that John Cena could actually drive his car like that. Does well. That's actually quite an interesting fact. Uh, and with the world tag team champion, does that completely show the disrespect that they have for the tag team division, or is this interesting? Because you know, I I think no. Um, there's a higher power at play in this match. You know, as always, regardless of who you are, the WWE Championship is always going to trump the tag team championships. I think the tag team championships they're being put on the back burner. You know, look, they're tag team champions tomorrow. But today, they're enemies. Today, they're fighting for the richest prize in the game. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting uh, thing to see as we see the spinner. But what are your thoughts on the spinner WWE title? I thought it was cool. It's something completely different. It certainly went with John Cena's persona. I think this is kind of him coming out of that thugonomics gimmick, going more into the Patriot. I love the fans, John Cena, which, you know, it's kind of putting a spinner belt out of place really yeah well Marco lifting the championship and this is quite a big question but we talk about you know Michael's Wrestlemania performance Cena has had some great performances you know Wrestlemania 20 against the Big Show US Total starting off the the, the show 21 winning the W Championship course 22 against Triple H in the main event uh, next year against Dalton and Triple H for the title coming up short Winning the world title at 25, winning the WWE title at 26. You see a pattern here. Uh, 27, you know, losing to the Miz in the main event, but then leading to the two matches with The Rock. And then, of course, Bray Wyatt and, and Cena's been such a vital part. Is he one of the most underrated WWE superstars? Of Do we now look back and think, shit, that was something special? Well, you know, you kind of, everyone, they focus on everything else about John Cena and what he can actually deliver in the ring. And I've always said about it, you know, about John Cena, 
I don't hate his character. I don't hate him as a person. I don't hate his in-ring ability. Yeah, he isn't like, you know, your classic catch-can style wrestler. He's never admitted he is. You know, um, he's he is what he says he is. He does everything. You know, he I think he gives as much as he gets from wrestling. You know, and just the whole experience, the whole fame experience as well. I think, you know, he... Out of the ring, he's a brilliant person as well, an inspirational person. And I think what's interesting to see, and, and obviously, you know, Cena now going on to do other things, you know, uh, a la La Rock. But, you know, fair play to Cena, but he is a guy, a bit like Shawn Michaels, really, that's never had, never gone away from WWE. And even when Michaels is his arsehole, you know, five and, you know, 96, Vince stuck by him, even through the screw job. Even through all the troubles, you know, for four years and where it is with a back injury, always stuck by Sean to come back. And Cena again is like a company man where he's always spouting the WWE message. See, I absolutely love that beginning bit from Sean Michaels. Sean Michaels offers a handshake. John Cena's like, no, 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 you're going to slap me, you're going to slap me. Sean Michaels, he's standing there, he's chewing gum, all cocky like. <clears throat> John Cena's refusing the handshake because he knows he's going to get a slap. Sean Michaels is like, all right, fair enough. Whop, slaps him anyway. <laughs> John Cena gets pissed off, takes a couple of swings at him, ducked both by Sean Michaels, who delivers a couple of haymakers, sends him into the corner, and then delivers the crutch chop. I mean, that is Sean Michaels, and he's even got the cocky look on his face, the lip curl and everything. But is this about, you know, the old adage of speed versus strength? Has Michaels got the advantage now because he's, you know, more experienced as well? Again, I don't think it's... I think it's... Um, look, you know, you may be big, you may be muscly... You know, you may be all this and extra, but I've got everything up here. Mm. You know, I've I've faced more men than you. You know, I've I've done this business inside out. I've been here since a boy. You know, it's he's always going to be able to outthink Cena. And we can see it now in the exchanges as well. Just Michael's too quick at this moment. Uh, but we, you know, talk about the biggest. So, who is the biggest WWE company man? Then, do you reckon of all time? Who's the guy that we'd say synonymous with? It's WWE, oh, that's the superstar who kind of never waned. Because you can't say it, obviously, with Hogan. Um, you know, you could have an argument with Austin, I suppose. Yeah, Michaels. Exactly, Michaels and Cena are definitely up there, aren't they? Well, you know, if if you're thinking of kind of WWE, I think of people that have actually never been anywhere but WWE. I mean, they came through the ranks of WWE. Mm. You've got the likes of Batista, Cena, Orton. Um, you know, even Triple H had his brief W. Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. I mean, even mean Mark Callis in under uh, in WCW. It's weird that you can then you look at someone like Edge, maybe who's you know had that distance away and been there. But you know, with Michaels, it, it there must be a reason why you know Vincent Man was like, okay, we'll keep putting your position. The same with Cena. He, he saw something with Cena. I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the amount of merchandise and the ratings, I think, as well with TV. I don't think people realise, well, oh, Cena's on top all the time, and then the ratings go down, you wonder why. I think he kind of paved over a lot of cracks, maybe for the merchandise and the rating sale point, during this time as well, you know? Absolutely, yeah. I don't think, um, if it wasn't for Cena, I don't think WWE would be kind of as big and as globally recognised. I mean, who would The Rock have gone against? Well, this is I mean, the... who better than John Cena? But even when we we go to the live shows and they still have John Cena t-shirts, do you know what I mean? Like that was the kind of go-to merchandise. Everybody was interested in the John Cena top. Absolutely, yeah. there's loads of kids wearing John Cena tops. And I think this it shows you the kind of the importance that he had to the company. 
Of course, these two men are going to um, Matt wrestle now, and I think Michaels would come out on top. Oh, all day long. But I think John Cena will still be able to hold his own. You know, he can. He's got the ability to just power out of any situation. Situation. And even these two men having a match. Cool. Oh, Shawn Michaels just run into a huge clothesline from John Cena. And that kind of sent Michaels scurrying back to the ring ring ropes and uh, kind of re-evaluating his uh, choices. <laughs> I think this helps Cena, like I said, another WrestleMania event uh, against an experienced person, you know, getting that in there and trying to build up upon it. You know, you talk about kind of greatest rivals. This is not looked at upon as the greatest rivalry between the two, but... If you you know if you're going to say who was John Cena's kind of greatest rivals and who was Shawn Michaels, then I think it just shows you kind of the experience of both these two guys. You know, everything through the past maybe thirty years of WWE has gone through these two. You know, in a crazy yeah. way. And saying that, you know, you say it goes through these two. I mean, you know, it's kind of John Cena's going through this. I mean, you think of his last few WrestleMania matches. Starts it off against the Big Show, seasoned veteran. Against JBL, seasoned veteran. Michaels, seasoned veteran. Who was he the year before? Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, seasoned veteran. And then Triple H, like Triple said, H, yeah. veteran. So they're all kind of... And then he became... And it's kind of the building that they had with Cena of actually becoming kind of the guy. There was so much resentment at the time for Cena and it seemed weird that they kind of do it. But I, I still think he's, you know, let's talk about underrated. Absolutely. Well, you know, he's. I don't think he's. I think he's underrated in the wrong eyes. You know, I think the people that underrate him quite a lot are the people that really shouldn't. Yeah, I, I think that is right. I think Cena's given, like I said, a lot more. As Michael's making sure he doesn't get counted out. HBK. Springboard moonsault and kind of lands over the announce table as well. Well, and Cena's back got punctured against the towel. Uh, John Cena certainly were wearing the wounds of that one. Better angle there. And I mean, you could argue that because of these two matches, or the main event matches that we've seen, the, the brand extension actually worked because from that, you got a superstar with Cena who kind of started on SmackDown, went to Raw. Of course, Batiste from SmackDown. So, it actually has helped out the future a little bit in that way. I think it's it's helped and you've kind of got the ECW moulding of CM Punk, Bobby Lashley. You know, they're going to kind of emerge over the next few years as well to be dominant forces. So, you've kind of got, like, you know, little roses budding all, all on the different shows which are going to come together. And, you know, as much as you want to diss, like, the, the 20s, like, you know, the mid-2020, like, you know, 2005 onwards. There are a few, a fair, fair few gems. Well, I said, the, the WrestleMania didn't come, you know, spring to the top of my head when, you know... Well, when you was, you, I think we were talking about it before, and you springing off some of your favourite WrestleManias, I think you sprung off about five, and this one didn't even come up. I think 24 came up, and I was like, he skipped over 23. I was like, I wonder if he kind of, you know, <laughs> knows how underrated it is. Well, this is the thing, and sometimes the WrestleMania is, you can go back and watch it. Uh, and, you know, obviously, like we talked about our favourite WrestleManias. You know, WrestleMania 3 and 17 kind of pop up. 19's a great one as well. But, you know, let's think about 20 when we went back and watched it. That was kind of special about that moment. And I think it's a WrestleMania, and sometimes, 
you know, even with 21 and, you know, 20 to 23, you go back and go, actually, they were good manias, but you kind of forget. Well, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, you've kind of, I've seen a WrestleMania and I've thought, you know, that wasn't that great. But then, like, you know, I've watched it recently and I thought, actually, that's quite underrated. You know, that match there works well. You kind of know the reasoning behind that match. That that one works well, you know, and they're all fairly solid matches. You've got the odd filler match thrown in there as well in the right position and... You know, I think where everything works and it and it goes well, and you're like, oh fucking hell, I didn't realise that with the WrestleMania. Well, it's and it's weird as well because you talk about the kind of next generation. This is you know, twenty threes and Cena's in control. When we move on to the thirties, of course, you know, kind of Roman Reigns takes over main event with Triple H at thirty two, much like Cena at twenty two. Twenty three going against a veteran in the Undertaker, a bit like Shawn Michaels, I suppose. You know, 24 uh, going against Lesnar there. And you, you can maybe see the transition that you, that you have in each company. And but even, then, you, you know, know you Michael's doing it 10 years who previously. Was, who was doing it through the teens? I was going to say, Austin. Ma- Austin, Austin, Austin uh, Michael's, you know, 11. Michael's te- early, Austin late teens. Yep. And then, like, you know, before that you had uh, main event and everyone up until nine. And then he kind of got in the main event of nine. So, you know, it's kind of like you've seen the transition. You've seen, like... Hogan, and then you've seen, like, Michaels, half of it, Austin, half of it, and then you've got, like... Uh, Cena years, as it was, yeah. And then you've got the Reigns years. And now we've got the McIntyre years, you know? So uh, that's what we're seeing when it comes to it. McIntyre, I hope, that's their main event this year's WrestleMania, or the first night of it. But even if he doesn't, you know, you talk about the kind of history involved with some guys. CM Punk never main event in a WrestleMania. But yeah. do you think, right, how many years off WrestleMania 40 are we? Uh, three. Three years off. So you think, you know, who's going to kind of be... Well, who's going to be the next generation the of next, star? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's like I said, it'd be interesting. Maybe someone like Big E would be great. Cesaro deserves a chance, as always. Mora, of course, hasn't had the championship yet. So there's a lot of possibilities. People haven't even got chances anymore. You know, we talk about people like Mr. Perfect. But do or, you think, you know, like, you know, it's 20 years after his first WrestleMania, Cena, Orton? Well, Orton said um, on the Stone Cold podcast, and I think it's interesting to say, that one day he hopes at WrestleMania, him and Cena can uh, have a match with Ric Flair's referee, they're both on 16, to win the 17th WWE Championship. Uh, that oh. would be <laughs> that would be wouldn't it so that's what I'm saying so I mean if Orton's got that in mind you would think well yeah. you know maybe in a couple of years Two time yeah, except, well no well, the thing is it's in Hollywood in a couple of years so you, everybody's talking about Reigns versus The Rock yeah. and then after that yeah but I mean or, Reigns versus The Rock but Orton could be on that card winning the title and then you go to the you know that's 15 halfway through the year he gets beaten by someone wins it back fashion 16, John Cena's on 16, next WrestleMania, 40. That's what I'm saying, and, and this is the 20 build. year anniversary <laughs> of both of their first WrestleMania. I mean, both tied at 16. I mean, their careers have been defined by... Look, what we'll do in, in a couple of years' time, when, and when it's that set main event, we'll go back to this podcast and say, look, when we watch WrestleMania 23, we predicted the main event for WrestleMania 40, and who would have thought... Uh, that would have been but we, you know this was the interesting thing we talk about main events and all kind of different ones with celebrities and like 
Uh, Lawrence Taylor involved in the main event as well. And, of course, uh, Mr. T and, and, you know, and all these types of wrestlers. It's really interesting to think how it has changed kind of throughout the years. Well, what's your, if you were going to go WrestleMania, if you're going to get the network or you go for your collection, you were going to pick out WrestleMania. Obviously, you picked out 23 today. But kind of what year, what, whereabouts would you go as the kind of your go-to type, you know? Uh, what is it, for myself or for... for... For you and then maybe for anybody else who's you know, never watched a WrestleMania If I before. wanted to show someone a WrestleMania, I think the first place I would go would be 17. <laughs> I think, you know, that kind of defines what the Attitude Era is going to kind of be all about. Um, but, you know, if it was for me, I think I'd go... 24? maybe 26 25 or 26 maybe even 30 you know depending on the mood that's yeah i mean i'd I'd probably be like i said 17 would be like the kind of the the go-to one and like i think three is the spectacle to kind of show where it was three to 17 to like maybe 30 would be quite nice because then you could just show it I think 31 is quite a good uh, WrestleMania as well. In this main event, it's been quite even until Cena was against the uh, turnbuckle. Michaels came running in, as you saw, hit the ring post, busted wide open. Uh, Michaels does love to bleed. We talk about that. We don't see blood anymore. Does that hamper WWE wrestling? Because we have seen blood recently in AEW, and that has added to the story. Um, I, I, I've always said with blood, I think if it's the right place, the right time, the right match, and then it's worth it. But if it's just blading for the sake of it, I mean, I think it works in this match because, you know, you haven't got chair shots, you haven't got table shots, you haven't got high risk manoeuvres. It's just two blokes desperately wanting the one thing that, you know, that is the pinnacle of all wrestling. Um... And it shows with these two guys as well, you know, with their facials, with their mannerisms, with the way they're acting as well. Um, and I've, I think the blood kind of acts to it as well, you know. It's like, it's not just a wrestling match. It's not just a throw into the ring post. It is a throw into the mm. ring pace, post for the WWE Championship. So you want to do it with that extra vinegar. You want to bust them open. So, yeah, you know, I think it works well with these. Right, exactly. And it's quite a good visual as well because you can see, you know, the kind of the, the power drained... From Michael's eyes, look like Cena's going to finish him now, but no. Well, he looked out on his feet. John Cena was hoping for the uh, attitude adjustment, but Michael's manages to escape it, and with his classic corner ring bump, ducks a shot from <laughs> Cena. The referee flinches, ducks Michael's super kick, and catches the referee square on the face. I think that one was a, a beautiful sequence between the three of them. Right, I doubt Mike getting the. Uh... Like I said, the old sweet chin music. And just when Michaels looked to have the uh, advantage. I think that was great. Like, the referee thought he was going to get it. They were like, ah, oh, the referee survived it. Bang, super kick to the <laughs> face. And now Cena showing what he can do. Powering up Michaels. The crowd might not like it. No, turns the attitude adjustment into a DDT. I think the trick to a wrestler as well, and I think one of the things is the kind of selling. And what what makes Michael so good is you you kind of feel sorry for him. He looks like he's been through an absolute war, you know. And I think maybe the one thing with Cena is what he does is just kind of plays dead. I think, you know, don't get me wrong, the fans do can get behind a Cena comeback. 
But I just think with Michaels, it's just like you said, the little nuances, the little kind of things that he's doing. Even like now, you know, kind of checking himself, regaining his bearings. Sponsored by Zen. Yeah, where John Cena's just played in the same position all along. Look, like you're, <laughs> you're focused on Michaels. Like, you know, he's... What? I'm fucking bleeding. It's like he's just come to. He's like he's been concussed all this time. He's just woken up and it's like, well, I'm going to fucking have him now. Yeah, exactly. And you can see that he's angry. Referee's down. He's going to take advantage of it. And why shouldn't he? You know, like talk about the the veteran. Dragging Cena out of the ring. He's got the steel steps set up, like two of them next to each other. Going on the one with a bigger base, looking for his uh, seated pile driver. Well, this move is banned in WWE now. Can only be used by people they trust. And seen his head in between Michael's legs. Oh, he was jumping there as well. <laughs> that looks really. It looked like it hurt, didn't it? It was absolutely oh, yeah. yeah. It looked like it killed John Cena. Cena was out again, playing dead, but absolutely yeah. But that's all John Cena can do. <laughs> it was the thing. Now you've... It's like Michael's those fans. Is kind of like up as if like, <laughs> I've just killed a man. I don't want to pin him and get the title. <laughs> if the one thing you notice is it's like those fans. Once you know play dead, you can't not see it after that. Dead weight as well. And he is out of it, Michael's. Like I said, it is a beautiful setting for WrestleMania though. It's great. Yeah. You can see it's rounding. God. Cena's back of his head has been busted open by the pile driver into the uh, steel steps. And Cena in big, big trouble. Playing dead. <laughs> You're a dickhead. <laughs> it's like the glass has just shattered in my head and it's like, like smashed the illusion. I thought he was a great wrestler. You know, and I haven't even looked at the bloke in the pink shirt and the woman in the green shirt. Ages. Oh, here we Referee go. comes running down to the ring. Come on, Chad. Michael's into the cover. One, two, no. Oh. Just a two count. Two. Well, Michaels cannot believe it. He's flabbergasted by the fact that Cena got the shoulder up. Michaels wondered what else could it do. I mean, a pile driving the stairs don't put you away. Nothing will. Nothing will. I mean, Super Cena. Well, Michaels is uh, trying to manoeuvre about a deadweight John Cena. Struggling to get to his feet. Irish whip reversed by Cena. Flying elbow by Michaels. Normally followed by the nip-up. Well, this is the old Shawn Michaels. You can see that look in his face. Blood, sweat and tears got him to this moment. Mr. WrestleMania. <laughs> Cena not moving. Sean Michaels just kicking him into position. Looking to drop that famed elbow from the top. Michael's he looks really confident. Well, he does. I was about to say, I was just looking at his... What do you think of his chaps? You know, the kind of outfit that he's got. I know he ch I always preferred the tights more, but... Yeah, I think it works. I, th I think he might have left them on, though. Because he doesn't <laughs> normally leave them on. He normally unclips the belt, unzips the legs, and the zips are still done up. You know, it's like he forgot his under trousers or something. I don't know. I know, but... It might it, be cold in there. 
I'm, I'm digging a look here. I mean, it's better than the brown ones we got as far as those though, too. Oh, but... they was ghastly. I think they've been the worst trunks I've ever seen. They were terrible. We've seen the elbow drop, and now it's time for sweet... Chin. Chin. Music. Yeah, he's tuned up the band, but Cena was wise to it. Hit him with a clothesline. And the fans, if they started maybe in the camp of 50-50... Have definitely gone towards Shawn Michaels in this matchup. Now, I don't think that's much of a surprise, but a good perform, a great performance at the moment by both men. It's kind of like the forgotten WrestleMania. Is, this is Dan's hidden gem. <laughs> this is Dan's mystery mania. And now Cena and Michaels both get to their feet, both pouring blood. Now we see the yay or nay exchange. Huge right hands from both men. Who do you reckon is going to come out on top? I think Cena because he's got the harder hits. I think Michaels because he's got the old determination. And at the moment, neither man really have any advantage. Uh, Michaels running the ropes but getting caught by John Cena. FU position, and it was the FU time, by the way. And no. Told by my sources. Michaels hit the backslide, but seen the manager to kick out. Uh. And the fans were on their feet there, thinking it was a finish. But this could go either way at the moment. Huge Mate. chop by Michaels. Maybe, against the ropes. maybe that was part of the game plan for Michaels to avoid the F. He's avoided it twice. Well, Michaels looking for the jump, getting caught by Cena, got hit by the FU. Cena unable to capitalise on it straight away, though. Well, he's just taking too long now. All right, Michaels has had a good, well, he's had at least 10 seconds to recover. Only a pedigree can keep you down for that long. <laughs> One, two, no. Michael's managing to kick out. Uh, well, we kind of knew it. A good catch by John Cena, but just too long. Too much energy expelled on the move to take advantage. But he's got a weakened Shawn Michaels in front of him. <clears throat> and you can see him talking a little bit of smack now as well. He's going to finish Shawn Michaels off. He's going to take him up to the top. Oh, he's not going to deliver a super AA, is he? Or super FU? Well, if the regular one don't work then, but I think that's what you got to do. The same move but higher. <laughs> well, this is the thing, isn't it? You know, like, it's the way it works. The Cena now. Look to get Michaels up. And this will be the end. Yeah. Sure, Michaels, though. Is the end maybe near? Fights out with everything he's got. Right hand to Cena, knocking him off. Now, Michaels just trying to recover on top, hit an offensive move. Looking for a crossbody, but Cena rolls through. And look at the power. Cena 
And look, with literally no effort at all, up onto the shoulder. And F you, but Michaels rolls through, lands on his feet, misses a super kick. Oh, tries the STFU, but Michael's fighting off. Ah, Cena goes for the leg again. Michael's fighting. Cena keeping the grip. Still not managing, but rolling through by Michael's no. Well, couldn't get a job done. Both men still in this. As the main event now feels like it's heating up towards the closing segments. There's a man in the crowd going absolutely livid. There was one that went mental early when Kennedy won as well. At least they're emotionally invested. In the Absolutely, matches. Yeah. You know, you can't, can't argue with that. Even if it does make them look like crackpots. And now Michaels with the insecurity attempt missed. Uh oh. with the STF locked in. Well, it made his best friend tap out a year ago at WrestleMania. And I think the other member of DX is going to tap out here tonight. Cena giving it everything he's got, trying to get Shawn Michaels to tap. But if you know Michaels, you know he'll never give up. He'd rather pass out than tap out. He might not have a choice. Michaels fading fast. Oh, just rope is just... Oh. He manages with one last gasp to grip the bottom rope. And the referee had to drag Cena off. He was so invested in the STFU. He had to kind of calm him down, get him out of his zone. That referee's incredibly strong to manage to uh, put around Cena like that. Oh, but the referee distraction proved well for Michaels. Cena just turned round into a switching music. But HBK unable to get the immediate pin on it. And again, taking too long. Only a hand across. I don't think it's going to get the job done. But Michaels has no energy left. He got him covered there. Well, referee should start counting. Come on, ref. No, quite a fast count from the referee as well, but seeing so, you know, him managing to kick out. Ah. Is that nullify the false finish that they waited for so long, or is that just a part of it, you know? I, I think it's a part of it, you know. These guys have expelled so much energy that they've managed to hit the trigger on their final move. But they're just so exhausted, they can't quite get across. And when they do, their opponent's rested for a few seconds too long mm. and they can't get a full cover. It protects the finisher a little bit better than it does bang, you know, kick out. Uh, it does indeed, yeah. <laughs> but like I said, the fans definitely invested in this one. Well, both men are down and the referee's up to eight. Nine... Oh, and Michael's up to a vertical base first. Barely. Well, now Cena just trying to find his footing as well. Both men supporting the other. Well, that's what they do as a tag team, but they're hoping <laughs> to support each other to take the other down. What a war it's been between the two. One last shot, maybe. We'll get the job done. Michael's trying to look for distance, but Cena's the one going for the FU. No, drop toe hold, STFU in the middle of the ring. There's nowhere for Michaels to escape to. Well, Michaels has tapped out of Mania before. Well, I think he might know a lost cause. 
Well, it's nowhere to go. Middle of the ring. No other option. Michaels has got no choice. Can't break the hold. Scratching and clawing away, <laughs> but eventually he taps and relinquishes his opportunity at the WWE Championship. John Cena, still your WWE Champion there, beating Michaels by submission. He is beating DX, made them both tap out in the grandest stage of them all. So tonight, Undertaker completed Evolution. <laughs> yep. And John Cena completed DX. Yes. Both men put on a hell of a performance in this matchup. It's one of the forgotten main events of WrestleMania. Uh, what were your thoughts of this matchup? Um, I haven't seen this WrestleMania in ages because after watching it uh, probably about 50, 60 times, I got bored of it. And, you know, obviously getting the net explored other things, this is not something I've come back to. Haven't watched it in about six, seven years. And I've got to say, it still stands up. I actually enjoyed it. Um, you know, there wasn't any boring moments in there. I know the filler matches weren't the greatest, but, you know, they kind of, they weren't that long. You know, there was 10 minutes most. It was harmless. It was just kind of like a way to catch your breath and then reset for the next match. Yeah, and I mean, and, and then the main event on top of all this as well is kind of one that I said on about, uh, and it was a hell of a performance by Michaels and Cena. Everything's to put Cena over. I think he's very thankful at this. Uh, this kind of solidified Cena. We talk about wins and losses early, maybe not being important. Cena's win here is maybe as important as anything else because it solidifies his position as Lee guy. So do you think that's something that differentiates what John Cena and what Batista both meant to the company? The fact that Batista's using it to drop the title taker where he could have easily have gone against someone else and Undertaker could have had his streak match against someone else and he could have won the title a little way down the line. Whereas John Cena, he's kind of been elevated over an old dog. Yeah, well, the thing is, Dan, as you, there always needs to be a number one, you know? There always be one guy. There can't be two. Yeah, there could be great feuds, but there can only be one. And I think John Cena is that man. I think we've seen it with the kind of the performance and, and you know, the, the stuff that he's been treated about past 10 or 15 years. But after a performance like that, how can you say he's not worth the time and effort? It delivered, you know? Yeah, again, you know, I've never been in the I Hate John Cena fan club. Um, you know, I respect everything that a man does for the company uh, and for all the fans as well. Uh, that, what, were you gonna, what would you score that out of five, that main event? I would have to score it four and three quarters. I think it was match of the night for me. I think, you know, both guys, they put it out on the line. You know, they both had a crimson mask, but it was it was the good kind of crimson mask that, you know, they could, they both, it was at the right point in time, you know, it was at the, for the right thing, not something ridiculous. Uh, the right man won, you know, kind of like cementing his status as top guy. You know, he's kind of, just overtaken the Mr. WrestleMania here, mm. you know, in Shawn Michaels and, you know, kind of like the torch has been passed, so to speak. Yeah, well, I'm going to give that match a four out of five. Like I said, it was quite incredible matchup. And this is one of your favourite bits as well. You always like that, don't you? I, I do like this as well, you know. Like Shawn Michaels, he's kind of shaking his head, walking away from John Cena, like, you know, like, I'm not passing the torch just yet. I'm not done. I'm not out. And, you know, these two guys are meant to be tag team champions together. But you can tell the kind of respect that they've got. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable there. Uh, so, 
Dan, well, we've got the match of the night. My match of the night will be Batista versus The Undertaker. Incredible. Who's your MVP of the night? What person impressed you the most? I'd have to say my MVP was MVP. <laughs> you know, um, MVP and Lashley. So the Hurt Business was my man of the night. Can I have that? Yeah, well, I'm going to say Umaga because I think he really, really impressed in that match with Bobby Lashley. So I'm going to say he... Uh, probably got it for me. Uh, what would you score that out of 10? Overall ranking for WrestleMania 23? I would say it was it was a solid pay-per-view. It was missing... Um, I, I don't know. It was missing something. You know, there, there wasn't a huge standout moment. There wasn't like a TLC match. You know, the, the, I think the, the ladder match was a bit tame for what it was. You know, it was a very good ladder match. I think the matches that weren't the filler matches were all solid, were all stand-up matches. Um, but, you know, if there was better matches in place of the filler matches, I think it would have been a lot higher score. But I think an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10 for yeah. you there. Uh, as we see the confetti going off and John Cena celebrating. And of course, the end videos. Well, we don't see it main news anymore that much. Uh, my final score for that will be an eight and a half. Like I said, to have a trip down memory lane like that, really, really enjoyed. But went really quickly for a rest of my four-hour event. Flew by. Absolutely, yeah. It was uh, completely organic. Um, you know, it. I, I don't think anything was longer than it needed to be. No, no. I don't think that. I think the main event matches, three kind of main matches, paid off. I think it worked out perfectly. Uh, so that is it for, like I say, for us. For WrestleMania 23. Before we go, don't forget our follow the week is uh, LIS Moo. And uh, don't forget social media Twitter. I'm at the WNRJR. You're still on Twitter as well, aren't you, Dan? Yes, I am. I'm at WNR Dan. Yeah, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, the Google platform. Send us an email at WNRpodcast at gmail.com. YouTube, WNR Podcast with all the latest clips and podcasts at the same time on YouTube as they do SoundCloud. On your phone. And of course, Spotify and IGs where you can download, subscribe, rate and review. There, that is it. Our next episode is NXT Update with... Monty, and as we watch the end of this crazy event, Dan, you know, if you were to pick a a, a moment, this one, look at all about the money in the bank, the kind of the, the sick bumps that they took in this as well. Uh, MVP Benoit, which I think may be a little bit underrated. The slam heard around the world. What moment uh, later on are you going to be thinking about from this event? Um, I I think it's Edge's bump through the ladder. That is probably, if anything's going to stick with me from this pay-per-view, I think it's going to be that. Yeah, I think without a doubt. I mean, the thing with this pay-per-view as well is that it has a lot of moments that, like I said, we've forgotten about. That bump off the ladder um, to edge was kind of incredible. I I think the the, the moment, you know, the heaven said that we get talked about, it does get remembered a lot. But I think the World Heavyweight title match... Uh, was the kind of incredible moment between these two kind of big guys in Batiste for The Undertaker and having that moment The Undertaker kind of winning the title back as well. It was nice to see Austin getting a few kind of stunners in. You know, I think that kind of worked out. And of course, the, the main event delivering as well. So will you be doing Mystery WrestleMania next year, do you reckon? You'll have to wait and see, won't you? <laughs> well, there's a lot coming on the Double R podcast, like we say. Uh, Dan will be back for the Hall of Fame special. That is the start of WrestleMania week. Hall of Fame. 
Yeah. Yeah, so the Hall of Fame, and then Thursday we'll do the Road 2. Of course, we'll be joined by Jackson there to look at Raw and SmackDown before WrestleMania, which happens Saturday and Sunday. And then Saturday night, we'll bring you NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver. A TakeOver so big, Dan, they're doing it over two nights as well. That's Wednesday and Thursday. And then, of course, the following Wednesday will be uh, Jackson joining us again for the two nights of WrestleMania action, which should be quite incredible as well. And then we're going to catch up with AEW and Impact at the end of the month as well. But, of course, we've got the anniversary coming up. So that is something to look forward to here on the uh, WNR podcast. But, Dan, also, I was going to say to you, it's the anniversary 20 years since Invasion coming up soon. And, of course, we've enjoyed this watch-along. But maybe with Invasion, that's something to look at. Maybe. I'll check my diary. Well, that is it. Like I say, that was WrestleMania 23. And as the uh, promo video wraps up, we'll wrap up. I have been James Rowlands. And as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody. And bye. Bye.